What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 34 of the No Mercy podcast. Before I introduce our guest, I want to first tell you guys to pull the fuck over and write something down. We have a partnership with monkeyknifefight.com. Monkey Knife Fight. Yes, like monkeys with a fucking knife stabbing each other. Monkeyknifefight.com. This is maybe my favorite site in the fucking world right now. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. They have NFL, they have NBA, they have PGA, they have NHL. What this is, is this is a prop betting DFS slash showdown site. It's got literally everything we love in one site. You go on this site. It's very responsive. It's very simple. It's very easy to use. Uh, You go in there and you're basically betting parlays on props. So like my favorite prop that's listed of any of these on the day is Drew Brees to out throw Dak Prescott by 18 and a half yards in the first first half. Of course, Drew Brees is going to throw for 19 more yards than Dak in the first half. I'd be floored if that doesn't happen. So I'm basically going on the board and hitting every single combination that I can of anything that has that prop in it. And there's tons more on there. There's tons and tons of different games that you could play in different props, all for the Saints-Cowboys game tonight. And then they have every single football game for this weekend already up, all the NBA games, all the NHL games. You guys are going to fucking love this. Use promo code ELITE. We worked a fucking deal with them that is insane. Use promo code ELITE. You could deposit up to $250 and receive a 120% match. 120% match on your money, up to $250 using promo code ELITE. There's no drip on this, people. We worked a deal. This is real cash. So if you deposit $250, they're going to give you $300 extra in your account. Once you play through that extra $300 once, that shit's yours. No catches, no strings, no drip, no waiting months and years for this to cycle through at a 1% rate. It's real money the second you play through it once. And if if that's not good enough... Also, once you deposit, you're going to get the match. Use promo code ELITE. It's the only way you're going to get this offer, promo code ELITE. You're going to get an email. And in that email is going to be another promo code that's going to give you 20% off everything at Guru Elite. I'd advise you to look at our gambling package because I'm going to be posting monkey knife fight bets in the gambling package every night pretty much. So check that out. We're actually hiring people to come on and do more props for monkey knife fight. So get in now guys just fucking trust me on this because you're going to be hearing about it and you're going to be fucking pissed off that you weren't involved from the beginning so get in now it's a fantastic offer we got pat mayo coming up ladies and gentlemen we talked about everything from naming your kids abcde to rudolph to fucking football we did fuck marry kills we talked about millennials the job market you name it we covered it we talked for a while and we weren't even getting warmed up so you're gonna enjoy this stay tuned without further ado hit it miyagi Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 34 of the No Mercy podcast. And today I am joined by my fantasy stepbrother, Patrick Mayo, at the PME on every social media outlet out there. What up, Mayo? I, I was going to just steal the bod's opening and say, what the fuck's up now, son? But fuck's up, son? <laughs> I-, I-, I enjoy the bod too much to rip him off. That, I actually have a, that's actually the first question that I have for you. So, but before I do that, for those people that have been living under a fucking rock and don't know who Pat Mayo is, as I said, follow him on every form of social media at... T-H-E-P-M-E. He is the czar of the Pat Mayo experience, which is one of my favorite podcasts, Pat. And I was telling you before the show that I'm such a fucking computer idiot 
that just to support you and your pod, I didn't realize it automatically downloaded on mine that I had that setting set. So every time I would get the notification because I subscribe to you like everyone else should, you should subscribe. That's important to us people. Subscribe to No Mercy and the Pat Mayo Experience. But I didn't know it automatically downloaded when you did that, Pat. So I used to get the notification and hit play for two seconds, even if I was busy and couldn't listen at that time, just to get you that click, brother. See, I appreciate that. It'll only automatically download if you're on Wi-Fi, though, so it doesn't eat up oh. all your data. So what do they have to do to get it to automatically download? You just, I, think it, I think it's set up that way. If not, just go into like episodes, go into settings, and put it on auto-downloads. Easiest way to do it. All right, awesome. And you're doing a bunch of video stuff, as always. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with YouTube, and I know you're, you have a big milestone, which you're either approaching or have approached. I have not approached it yet. In fact, I am not on pace to do it. That's why I'm whoring myself out to all these other oh, podcasts. I'm like, glad I, to be your whore. I, I, I mean, well, I mean, I, I, could, I could do worse, put it that way. I, I mean, I have done worse. So <laughs> when it comes to the podcasting world, I really do live by the whole mantra of five twos equal a ten, so... Hey, I'm a two. So what do we got to do to get you to this number? And we need people to download. We need people to rate, review. Anyone who, who's out there that doesn't subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Is I, stupid. Yeah, is a moron. But yeah. you got to go do that. Anyway, the problem is I, I'm sort of like eating my own tail with this stuff because so many people watch the video version. So every audio mm-hmm. version is also available on a video version across multiple sites. So I'm like fragmenting my audience all the way. But I'm trying to get to 10 million downloads for the year. So I, I want to get there. That'd be awesome. Um, dude, it pisses me off because everyone's like, you need to do more video content. I'm like, dude, we finally got this podcast like up in the, like, the top 50 on iTunes. I don't want you guys all going over there and then not getting the download. So it is a, it is a fine line, but uh, we're going to get you there. The Elite Mafia is going to get you there, Patty. Don't, don't forget how difficult video is to do to do it right. It is so time-consuming. Like To do a podcast, well, see, it's pretty easy if you're good at talking. If you can fill up the two right. hours, I mean, that's the actual hard part of the podcast to fill a video like you have to put like you have to make graphics that shit takes forever like getting the cameras right the lighting right the actual you do do all that yourself too it's me and paul shag the mma expert i mean he's uh, we we have cody and then there's mad labs i think they're they're, they're the two best around and then paul Mm -hmm. also hosts that show for me but he's my producer so he's now making the graphics and, and it's the, the beauty of me doing video, Pat, is I don't give a fuck if it looks good or if it's right. So I'll just throw shit against the wall. So I would have an easier experience than the Pat Mayo experience, no pun intended. Well, I mean, you're, uh, you're doing a lot of live chats, though, when you're doing your videos. Right. So, no so one, I mean, we're, no we're going to start phone lines. You, uh, that's what I want to start. I want to start phone lines where people can leave messages for some of our fucking crazy fans. But you're doing you, this. That was just started this year. The DraftKings thing you're doing, right? You're a contributor over at DraftKings. Yeah. I know it's been recently. Yeah. Last. I mean, I mean, if I, we want to pull back the curtain a little bit, I was thinking about coming aboard with you guys. Yeah. And uh, then and then you told us to go fuck ourselves. Basically. Yeah. And then DraftKings <laughs> like, here, take all the money. Could come work with us. Yeah. You don't need to move. Uh, yeah, but I mean, perfect. there was no better fit for me than like personality wise than with you guys. But at DraftKings suggested it's a really cool opportunity because they have so many different branches with everything. Like they have partnerships with big networks. And that's what I want to do really is, of course. you know, get on Fox or something like that. I think that's the, the perfect platform for what I do and, and where content's going, to be perfectly honest. Like we can talk for three and a half hours today and people will be like, this is great. I could I could have went for five and a half hours. They're like no, no right. one complains that the podcasts are too long, and that's going to translate over into TV soon enough. I agree with you. It's so funny because everyone when it, when we launched the No Mercy podcast, they were like, you got to keep it under an hour, and you got to make. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to talk as long as I want. Like this one, th- the chances of this podcast getting under two hours is slim to none. 
right? And it's like, dude, fucking listen to half of it. What do you want me to do? I'm going to fucking talk. This is my thing. I'm going to fucking talk as long as I want to talk. So, yeah, I don't believe in that thing. If you look at most of the top podcast, Joe Rogan, fucking three and a half hours every podcast he does. So I think that's a little bit of a myth. But board of directors at FantasyNational.com, Golf Digest, contributor. Uh, you're doing a lot of shit, Pat. When do you sleep? Uh, I don't. That's the problem. And it's, it's right. really affecting. Like, I, I do the pick show every week, spread picks. And I've been mm-hmm. pretty good. I've been doing that show for seven years now. I think I've been writing the article for mm-hmm. nine years. I've never, I may have had a losing record once against the spread, and I'm a fucking disaster this year <laughs> against the spread. And everyone else is like killing me. Everyone else, even Cust is killing me. He's like, oh, no. He's like 20 games over 500. Just I, now that I've, got, I've gotten substantially better at DraftKings across the board. So DFS, I've gotten a lot better. But doing season long, doing DFS and gambling. And trying to do it before everyone else does, before you can actually consume content, it just made yeah. me like shitty across the board. It's it's a lot, man. It, it people don't understand like what it's like to be a tout and gamble and do DFS and do season long and host a podcast and do videos and run a company and like it's fucking insane. So I've seen it too. That's why I've strayed a little heavier on the gambling side because I found that that's more autopilot for me. Um, and I've actually dialed down my DFS volume a tiny bit. Just because you get fucking busy. You can't do everything at one time. Yeah. But you mentioned... Well, well, gambling's so much easier. I mean, I come from... It's so simple. You click a button. I I come from gambling, too. So I had to sort of learn all, like, DFS stuff when DFS started. So, like, you know, gambling's super easy for me. And now that DraftKings is, you know, slowly but surely getting into the gambling business in certain states, that I think that's a good fit for me with them. So there's probably very forward thinking on their part to bring me in because like golf picks, golf, golf picks, golf is the most fun sport to gamble on is the most profitable oh, yeah. sport to gamble on. Like you're not worried about like a half point aligned value. Like you are right. in super efficient NFL lines. You're, you're betting some loser, like 125 to one. He could win. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, you look at, I mean, I got a couple golf bets in, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the hero. What's it? The hero classic. I think that's going on. Yeah. It just started actually. Yeah, I think it just started. So we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of your predictions that you had before. Probably won't be able to get down on them because this is releasing after it starts. But uh, I had two wagers that I put in on the DraftKings Sportsbook, which I bash DraftKings a lot for stuff. I give DraftKings a lot of credit for stuff. Um, I-, I think there's stuff that they do amazing, and I think there's stuff they could work on. Their Sportsbook is fucking awesome. Like, the fluidity of it, the simplisticness of it. I mean, it's, obviously, it's not necessarily available in as many places right now. It will be. But being as someone who lives in Jersey, I'm fucking – I played tons of action on the sports book on DK and absolutely love it. So, uh, But let's talk about Andercust. You mentioned him, uh, how he's, he's beating you. So the first question is, if you had to choose as more the silent assassin partner, right? I won't put Mad Lab in that boat because he's, he's boisterous. But the bod is very precise with his words. The bod versus Tim Andercust, where are you leaning? Oh, I, I got to go with Cust because – Cust actually doesn't shut up. That's the problem. I get furious with him on the <laughs> show. And I need to tell him to shut the fuck up on the show. Just like, because if you let him go, like he's a former college professor, like he can talk by himself right. for like two straight hours. Oh, he can go. Yeah. So, yeah. so you need he to definitely you need, go. You need to rein him in the bod, the bod. You're like, you're saying like the bod will come in, kill shot. The bod is out. The bod, the bod's quality per word is probably the highest in the industry. And, and uh, Rob wanted to know MLB model. If you are a member of the Alcoholics, which is Rob's crew, or the Bodies, which is the Bod's crew. And I told him it was minus 800 that you're a body before you're an alcoholic. I mean, if you got minus 800 
on that. I mean, that's great value because it should have been like minus a million. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Rob, but I'm all in on the no pod. complete fuck Rob. But it, it's funny, like Rob. I, when I listen to the shows, it, that's weird. Like, like it's funny coming on like to know you and then to talk to you like in this setting, but to like listen to you talk to Jeff to Rob. But it's a lot like I feel like you and I have a very similar dynamic going when we do these shows. Like every Wednesday, I'll have some sort of like industry guy on to talk about DraftKings, whether it's Dink, Leone. I had Joe Holka mm-hmm. on this week. Chris Raybon's been a really good guest that I've started having on this year. Don't use any of your guys because everything's behind a paywall. You can't give that shit away for free. <laughs> you know what? I'll make I'll step out from behind the curtain for you, Patty. I'll, well, I'll come I, over. Listen, we'll do a little I, show I, swap. I'll, I need you for certain other things on my show. I need you to get Pete to be allowed to do the show so I can have him on with Siege. Okay. Yeah, sure. 100%. Because Siege... I, 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 here you go. Right now. Approved. Perfect. By the so president. I, I'll line that <laughs> up, and I'll, I'll pimp the fight, see if that ever happens, because I, yes. I might... Fly. Push it, because I did, the, I did the one... I brought Siege on immediately with DC. So we did a little hype, but it's kind of died down, so we could use a little kindling of that fire. So uh, full permission. Boom. Peter Draftsheet Christensen Perfect. is allowed on there. That, that is excellent yes. news, just because having those two yeah. on. I had Davis and Siege on once, and it was pretty hilarious. But, like, those shows are different than, like, the right. show you do with Rob, you're sort of like, how you host is always different show to show to show. Like, when you have Jeff on, like, Jeff is a legit broadcaster, so you don't need to. He's a host, right. Yeah, like, you don't need to carry Jeff with anything. Like, with Rob, Rob seems like he just started getting into this, and but he has the facts, the, the info that people want. Rob's got it. But when it's you, the bod, and labs, it's like when me, Feinberg, and Cust get together. We're just right. basically shooting the shit. And that's what people Three. really like the most, I think. That's what I've found. I can't wait till January and we could top stop talking sports. Everyone's like, aren't you sad football's ending? I'm like, I cannot fucking wait. Come July, I'll be so excited for football again. But dude, by the end of November, December, I'm like, I don't want to write any more fucking articles. I don't want to write down statistics that everyone already fucking knows because we're in week 13. And I want to talk about conspiracy theories and girls and sex and weird stuff and whatever we want. So I'm excited for January to not have to talk as much sports. But, yeah, I I think that's good. I think that's important to kind of, you know, adjust to whoever's on with you. So let's do this because we have some weird news here, right? So there's a couple things that me and you basically said, fuck a show plan. Like, let's just go fucking wing this shit. We could talk for days. But there was a couple things that popped up last night and this morning. First, I'll talk about the most recent one, which is Rudolph, because I don't even know what's going on here. I just got a DM from Pat. I said, hey, you ready to connect? And he said, we need to talk about this. <laughs> so fill me in on what's going on with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And for you guys, you probably already heard in the intro what we're going to cover this podcast, because I record that after we recorded. But in case you missed it or skipped it, we are going to get into some Thursday night football, and we'll talk a little bit about the Hero Challenge and DFS space and your Twitter questions. So, But let's fuck around a little bit out the gate. What's going on with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Hey, before we get that, no one cares what I have to say about sports, to be perfectly honest with you. No one has made I more do. of a career of being more wrong than me. So, Well, that, that's a valuable skill set, Pat. This is true, I suppose. It, 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 I'd almost rather you be wrong all the time than right sometimes. Yeah, but that's the problem. Every now and then I suck wrong. you back in with some sort of like weird long shot. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take my chance. Okay, so I'm going to take my chance. Th- this HuffPo thing came out that basically it's Rudolph the marginalized reindeer now. That people are complaining oh on Twitter that Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is something that kids should not be watching because everyone is mean to him. Get the fuck out of he here! He gets bullied. He gets nose shamed by people oh in it. But the whole point of the fucking story is that everyone's a shithead to him, and then they realize their mistake in the end. Now people are saying it's like, oh, it's only because he's good at something. That 
I mean, this is actually an argument that played itself out. This is a real thing. Like, this is really fucking happening on Earth right now. People aren't taking the bait on it. I- I'm proud of people. Like, they're they just oh, like, fuck God. this. Dude, I don't want to live in this world anymore. Like, if I didn't love my life so much, I probably would be sitting here with fucking metal in my mouth right now, ready to pull the trigger. I'm so sick of everyone in this fucking country. Like, you're coming after Rudolph now? Fucking Rudolph? Like, the whole point of the story is he got bullied, he got picked on, he overcame it, and won, right? And he became, everyone loved him, and he was the fucking hero. Like, isn't that the premise of every single children's story? That you go through hardship, you overcome it, and then you succeed. It is. Now, If have you ever seen the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Um, I think you, I you, have. You should. Let me Google it while you it, talk. It's a top ten movie for me because it's off the charts in terms Ooh. of snark. And it has Val Kilmer in it. And Val Kilmer fucking rules. But, <laughs> I mean, Robert Downey, you got some Val Kilmer. written by Shane Black. It's the. I'm looking at it now. I don't think, no, I don't think I've the seen best. it. Basically, Val Kilmer plays okay. a private eye who's gay named Gay Perry. Okay, that <laughs> that's all you good. really need to know. Uh, but they I'm have in. this conversation Sold. in that movie that came out like 15 years ago. <laughs> oh my god, I, I I can't with this shit. Like I really fucking can't. This is fucking insane. They're literally trying to rip away everything that has substance. I got so excited, Pat, on Thanksgiving when I saw the first Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer their commercial when they were like Tuesday at 8 p.m. on ABC. Rudolph, you know, and it's the old claymation one, like. That gave me chills, like I got so excited seeing that. So the, there's another one of these. So people are very upset with Rudolph. There's one from Wired.com. And I, I mean, this could just be an Onion-type troll-type article, but Wired doesn't do that. Just, quote, It's hard to miss the repeated notion in Tolkien and Lord of the Rings that some races are just worse than others, or that some people are worse than others. And the title of the article is, Is Lord of the Rings Prejudice Against Orcs? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Oh, my fucking God. You say this is the worst time to be alive? It's the best time to be alive. You and Kurt, man, honestly. So let me ask you this question. Let me dovetail here because Kurt is the bod for those of you that are new listeners. Uh, It's me, Mad Lab, and the bod pod. But Kurt, we asked the question. Me and Mad Lab both said if you could pick any decade to be in your 20s. Okay, so not decade to be born. Like when you'd want to be in your 20s and then the following decade you would be in your 30s, obviously. So what time period would you want that to happen? I'll ask you, Mayo. I I, th- I do. I agree with the bot. I think it's as someone who just left their twenties in oh in God. this time frame. Mayo. It is now like Mayo. being a Mayo. What the fuck are you saying? Being a reasonable person in today's day and age. You're not being a reasonable person right I'm now. I'm being a reasonable person. Please, as a reasonable, oh, sensible go. person, if you just can keep oh. a level head and not be a complete moron, like the internet has made almost everybody, you can take advantage of everything now. Everything is so Dude, easy to people, do right now. That- I, I get it. I get it. But, dude, yes. So if you want to talk about how easy it is to make money and things well, like that. Why about just get and, fucked? Uh, I open up my phone. Ten minutes later, someone's here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is fantastic, right? You basically can window shop pussy, you know, which you've never been able to do before outside of, like, fucking Shanghai. But – I mean, just the shit you have to deal with on a daily basis, the disrespect, the selfishness, the superficialness. Like, yes, I could fuck a girl, but I'd hate her the next day. Like, everyone's just so annoying, so disrespectful. There's no culture anymore. Everyone's just weak. It's just a weak culture. And, like, the funniest thing is me and Mad Lab both said, 
I want to be in my 20s, like in the hippie generation, the free love generation, and then I'd want to be in my 30s during Studio 54 time, right? So 60s, 70s, even flirting in the 80s in my late 30s. But I'd go before I went here, Mayo, I swear on my mother, I'd go all the way back to Peaky Blinders in the Prohibition days. I can see, I mean, you can make a case for almost any of these periods. The 50s seems pretty square, so you probably wouldn't want that. You don't want to get drafted. Right, you're probably not, you're probably not going to the 30s. Yeah, you don't want to, like, late 20s, the 30s. Depression. The problem with the Prohibition era, if you're in the 20s, then you're living through that. Then all of a sudden the Great Depression hits and you're fucked. Right, exactly. So that's probably bad. Like, I'll bring it back to the late 1800s where everyone's got guns and tumbleweed before I live in this fucking generation. I just think... Th- See, do you think you're at an advantage, Pat, because you are younger? You know, I mean, you're not much younger, right? How old are you? What are you 30? I'm 34. 31? All right, so you're only five yeah. years younger. So yeah, so I, I guess I guess you'd be more closer to mine because I'm thirty. Yeah, so I, I actually think I'm, I'm at just a huge like, advantage with all this. Like uh, I don't have any siblings, but my older uncle, my mom's youngest brother, he's forty-one, and he sort of got into this. Like he became like an IT guy in like 1999. Like went and got trained, and now uh-huh. he just he's been cashing in for the past two decades. He, he was sure, like yeah. first yeah. on the scene of like I know how to build a website. It's like buying real estate in 1935. Yeah. So, and it, like, right? with me, like, I remember not having the internet. I was going to school. We right. didn't have you fucking computers or anything like that. Like, the, the first time I could download music and shit on the internet, I had to buy one of those. I convinced my mom to buy, because you had to do everything through the phone line, so you couldn't use the fucking phone when you were on the internet. Right. That, like, yep. if a call was coming in, you could screen the internet call to see if you wanted to disconnect from the internet or not. But it used to take me, like, 25 minutes to download a song from Napster. So I'd be like, well, I don't really need to take that call. I'm on ICQ. What am I doing here? So, I mean, I remember all that. And that's like high school for me. That, like, getting, like, I remember, like, cable internet was so fast and so awesome. Oh, my God. And just God. thinking about it now, it's, it's so fucking slow life. that I don't think people have pre- Oh, my God. And, like, people who don't, like, true, like, millennials, like, people who are probably five to ten years younger than me, that range, like, they just don't remember any of that stuff. And they don't appreciate shit. They're fucking assholes. They're all assholes. You don't have to say it, Pat, because I know you're nice. I'll fucking say it. They're fucking assholes. And and it's like those of us, the people in their 50s are just too jaded because they just won't accept technology, right? Like like even my mom is in her, she's what, 60, 61? You know, like she refused to get off a flip phone till like six weeks ago, right? Like just, they're just, no, keep it away from me. Our age is probably the best judge of everything, right? Like anyone from 30 to 45. Because we caught the tail end of the old school and the beginning of the new school, and now we're entrenched in it where we understand it. And, I mean, I just feel like this younger generation has no struggle. They've never seen a war. They've never seen the towers fall. They've never had fear of anything in their life. Most of them are trust fund babies being coddled on medication and Adderall, and every time they have a problem, they pump another pill in them. So I don't know, man. I, I, just, I don't want to be alive right now. I, I, I just thank feel God, like thank God we- I'm successful. We hit such we hit such a sweet spot in, and a lot of this has to do. I mean, I think there was a Malcolm Gladwell book about it. Just like all the top like tech CEOs, I think it was like Bill Gates and everyone else who had started were born all within like a year of each other. That they were right. the perfect age to get into what they were doing. They were young enough, but mm-hmm. they were still old enough to understand what came before them. And that happened to us with online cultures. We remember non-online culture. And then we were still young enough to grasp the idea of the internet. You know how to understand technology. And like my mom's actually, my mom's super young. My mom's 52. 
Uh-huh. And uh, like she texts, but like her texts are like old person texts. She just texts like emojis, <laughs> doesn't know what they mean. She uses acronyms. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. But like she can kind of use the computer. But like right. guys in our age, people who are our age, like we're not, I'm not a master of computers by any means, but compared to the populace at large, like I'm amazing. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Compared to the average person, the industries that we're in, obviously, will get exposed because we're dealing with mostly programmers and algorithm kids and stuff like that. So we look like Neanderthals, but to a regular person, hey, I, I, I just fucking I hate this whole fucking generation. I'm done. I got some other things that we're going to talk about on this topic. Um, I'll, I'll wait for that because I got some other stuff regarding the Internet that I want to address with you. But I first want to go into the main one that I wanted to talk to you about here. So this lady, do you want to describe the uh, ABCDE lady? Because I found it on your timeline, so I'll let you introduce it. So there was, I want to see if I can pull up the actual story here. So basically the gist of it was she was on like a Southwest, I think it was, airline. She was Mm -hmm. from Texas, and she was checking in in Orange County. And the John Wayne Airport, which is the airport to fly in and out of if you can do it. You can beat traffic very well that way instead of going to LAX if you're flying into LA. Uh, John Wayne is a fucking dream. Yeah. I love that airport. I love it. So she's flying on there, and they go up with their tickets, and the ticket agent starts making fun of her and her kid to the other Southwest <laughs> employees only because her daughter's name, or I don't know if it's her daughter or her son, her child's name is A-B-C-D-E. Oh, my God. Now, I have some theories on this, that why it's a terrible idea, but there is one way that it's not a terrible idea. And this goes back to, like, the iTunes stuff, too, that... Being alphabetically with A at the top of things is a huge fucking advantage in life. I changed my name of my podcast from The Pat Mayo Experience to Pat Mayo Experience so it would go up. Like, if I changed it to A Pat Mayo Experience, I would always pop up first and everything. I made mine no mercy so I could be N ahead of P so I could be ahead of you. See, there you go. See, man, now when I change it to A Pat Mayo Experience, I'll be ahead of everybody. I'm going to change it to Aardvark Mercy. See, but that's like an actual thing to rig the system. Like I remember sitting right. at like people were doing it on draft. Do you remember on DraftKings? Not to cut you off, but do you remember on DraftKings when they had to ban it? Like we started, we threw, this was way back. I think it might've even been FanDuel. It was FanDuel, not DraftKings way back. And people were making their usernames. They were creating new accounts and they were making them like a, 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 a money bags or zero, 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 one. And they were doing all that to show up at the top of the head to head boards. Cause when you would log on to the daily fantasy sites, you'd see the head to head board. And they'd be in alphabetical order. So people were doing that, and they actually banned it. As they probably should. But, like, imagine, yeah. like, I remember sitting at uh, high school graduation, and they were going by last name. I can't remember if they go first names or last names. It was either way, at P and M, not helping me. out. I'm in the middle somewhere or near the end. But, like, bless, you know, Aaron A. Aronson. He's doing great. He's making it with everything in this world. <laughs> first in, first out. Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> so are you naming your children are all your children going to be named aaron i am I'm, I'm i mean i i know a few aarons and i don't like them so i, I really can't go there i'll come up with something creative though yeah it's an aardvark i think aardvark's great you get the double a and, and it's but a, that it's is cool the only there. plausible explanation i can come up with for a b c d e of why anyone would ever have that i mean realistically abby is before a b c d e like just name the fucking kid Abby. <laughs> like it's you get the double B ahead of the C. There you go. But this fucking lady is a goddamn dingbat. Like this lady's fucking. I don't even feel bad for her, and I'm not. No, fuck that. I'm not gonna preface. I'm not condoning bullying. Fucking, you should bully. Fuck bully, bully everyone. Toughen these people up. But 
airport people shouldn't be talking about anyone's name. I agree with that, right? There's a decent point there. But once you tell me that your kid's name is A, B, C, D, E, you deserve anything that happens to you. Like anything outside of death or cancer or but anything dumb that happens to you, you deserve. And then you have to be aware. Like how do you give your kid that name, Pat, and think that this is going to be the, the main time? Like this girl's going to get destroyed her whole life by everyone. How do you think it's pronounced? I think it's Absidy. Yeah, Ab City. So right? you'd have to be like an illiterate or a massive dyslexic in order to come up with that. <laughs> the only reason I knew that is because I saw it in the article. They had it like, you know, spelled out. And I was like, what is it? Like that's Ab... ab-. But like, if you went A B C apostrophe D E, I think that would make more sense. <laughs> no, it still sucks. <laughs> no, no, like at least that's you hilarious. can't fix this, Pat. You can't fix this. Not even you can fix this fucking disaster. You could, unless you're adding a few more fucking vowels in it. There's nothing you can do to fix this garbage. Anyway, it, it's shit for the kid. Like the kid's the one who gets fucked. In all that's this. the problem. Like you're an arrogant fuck, and you're doing something you think is funny or cool because you were probably fucking tripping on acid. When you came up with this, or so, I can't imagine anyone would come up with this sober. And basically, what you've done is you've just punished your child for its whole life. Like, it just, and then all the fucking the rage right now. It's just amazing the society there. The rage is like, oh my god, they're bullying this poor girl. It's like, dude, the mother bullied her worse. Like, the mother is, should be the first person on trial here for bullying, giving your daughter that name, and then the Southwest agent, who's probably a horrible person on top of that. But the. The, the problem with all this is, I think you hit it up, too, that there's no shame. People need to be shamed. Yes. Just in general. Society to needs people. to bring shame back. We need to. <laughs> Tommy G and Pat Mayo bringing shame back in 2018. <laughs> Fucking bring shame back. I agree. Look, I'm going ru- to run for office, and listen, what's the one thing people still have shame about? Their bodies. No more clothes. Everyone has to be naked. You know what would happen? People would be a lot fucking fitter. Everyone would get skinnier. You would actually increase life expectancy by doing that. So you'd be, you, you could justify and people would be like, oh, Jesus, I need to go work out. Yep. And you know what? People would be less horny all the time. Every time they see someone naked, you'd probably bring rape charges down. You'd probably sexual assaults would come down. Weight would come down. Heart attacks would come down. I think it's a great idea. Thus, the, thus the stress on the medical industry would go down and your premiums would come down. It's an economic this solution. Is almost as good as Jeff Manns yesterday explaining to me how blowjobs are the reason that the stock market crashes and why every world war has happened. So, I mean, between you and Jeff, I might have to have you guys on together just to keep enlightening me on your brilliance here. Um, let, this is a question that me and you had like a little 20-second conversation about, and then uh, we said we'd bring it on the pod. Wedding gift etiquette, Pat. Like, I'll, I'll let you again. I'll, I'll tee these up for you, and then I'll let you explain. So, wedding gift etiquette. So, I've been to nine weddings this year. Jesus, fuck. So, so I didn't go to a wedding from the time I was 18 to 28. Mm-hmm. Zero weddings. Wow. And from the ages of 28 to 33, uh, I've probably been to like 70. I so, don't even have... How many have you been to this year? Eight. No, nine this year. I don't think I have nine people who would invite me to their wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can see that. People always like to get me to speak at their wedding. They just use me. But I, I can see, like, if you got kind of crazy at people's weddings, although I think you'd be a fine guest. No, I, I think you know, I'm I fun at weddings. I just don't think I have nine friends. It's all... Like, like it's, I've, it's I've, all... I've probably been invited to 40 bachelor parties and seven weddings. Like, that's my role, Pat. Like, you're the wedding guy. You're the guy that's going to get up there and sing karaoke, give a nice gift, probably give a great speech, 
be fun, introduce you to your mom. I'm the guy you bring to fucking get hookers and blow. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. We all I'm have kinda, a role. It, my, my real life persona is more like your like, public <laughs> it's persona. It's probably opposite, right? Like, in real life, people are so amazed at how like more dialed down I am than my public image, and you're the opposite. Yeah, in, in my, like, I'm not gregarious in my day-to-day life. I'm kind of miserable in my day-to-day life to be around. Because I talk for a living. I don't want to fucking talk to anyone. Right. Exactly. And all these weddings, the problem is all these weddings are my wife's friends. Mm. So she went to law school, and apparently she's friends with every single person she graduated with. <laughs> And they're all like hoity-toity and super fancy. Oh, they all throw these like fucking hundred and fifty thousand dollar weddings. They all come from old fucking money. So I'm showing up. I mean, I'm a grinder, right? I'm like, what, what do we, what do we get these people? It's like, oh, I run a multi-billion dollar company. What do you do? Like, uh, I have a podcast. I got YouTube yeah, I host videos. A podcast. Too. It's on the internet. You guys ever uh, heard what, of what do you daily do? It's like, fantasy? Oh, I actually don't do anything. But my, my father runs a Fortune five hundred. <laughs> <company. laughs> but that's my Lamborghini outside. It's so hard, right, to fucking. Like you're you're in a good spot because you've basically you know you've been able to shut the cock down right because you found the one. For me, I'm still out there trying to date and pick chicks up, and it's funny because I know I'm successful, I know I'm doing well, I know I'm in a spot that you know a lot of other people would be envious to be in, right? I work from home, I run my business, I make good money, I fucking watch sports for a living, right? Like pretty much the nut job. But when meeting a girl, and I'm and for me it would be going to pick up a girl. For you, it would be introducing yourself to your wife's hootie tootie friends. It's kind of hard to tell someone and have them really understand what we're accomplishing and doing the second you start talking about daily fantasy sports, right? Like, people don't understand the scope of how much money is invested in it and how much time it is and how big followings are. But I always try to figure out a way to tell a girl, like, what do you do? I always say I work in sports because the second I Ah. say daily fantasy, it's like, what? You're a fantasy player? How do you do it? Uh, I just tell I when I right before I joined DraftKings and left fantasy, I launched a production company mm-hmm. so I can just basically do all of my business through the production you're company. So, smart. so I just tell people I run a production company. Oh, you're so smart. I got to do that. Mad Lab, go make me some business cards saying I run a production company. <laughs> CEO of Tommy G Media. Tommy G Inc. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. So uh, so wedding gift etiquette. What is your uh, what is your thoughts? Uh, so my wife is big on, she tries to estimate out how much Play the plates costs, cost right. each. And then you give, but like, we went to one where it was 300 bucks a plate. I was like, I'm not giving this fucking person I don't know 600 bucks. I'm just not doing it. Right. It was the only Persian wedding I've ever been to. And man, kind of wish I was Persian just for weddings. <laughs> just for weddings. Like, Jewish weddings are super fun because people, like, Jewish people in general, like, not the most fired up at all times. Get them at a wedding, and they are off the Lose rails. Lose their like, shit. I've been the to one or two. They're, they're the craziest, right? It's like they save it all in for the wedding. Yeah, like, my, my wedding lasted six minutes and 23 seconds. I timed it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so what would you do? What do you do? Do you use, like, in a case like that where you know the plate's 300 bucks? What are you doing? We gave 300 for that one. Mm-hmm. So we, we cut it in half. Like, if the guy wants to have a $200,000 wedding, that's on him. Right. That's, you know what, the bottom like, like, line it's is... It's not my fault you're being a moron with your money. It, I think you can... Ca- like, listen, if it's one of your best friends or something like that, it's different. Like, I've been to my friend Mikey had a destination wedding in Punta Cana, which was fucking incredible. And mo- he was like, guys, don't bring gifts. You know, you're already paying for flights and shit like that. So I still brought, you know, and gave him a bunch of money and then paid for the VIP stuff that we did with his family and all that. But... You know, I personally think if you have that kind of money that you're going to be throwing a $350,000 wedding, then you don't need my extra $200 as much as I do, you know, no matter how yeah. much money I have. A, a, like, really, a really good gift to give people is like, I, I know some people are just like, oh, you 
know, if it's not a $3,000 bottle of wine or champagne, it's not worth drinking. I don't necessarily feel that way. Most people Mm -hmm. don't feel that way. So you get yourself, go to like, I don't know what you guys have in the States, but like winners up here. It's been probably like a T just whatever Marshall's maybe. Is that a store down there? Yeah, we got everything. It's just like it's like TJ Maxx type yeah, shit. You go all. find like an old like wooden box that costs like ten bucks. You put some like fruity little shit in it, like you have streamers or something, and go buy like a hundred and twenty dollar bottle of champagne. Chuck it in there and say, "Open this on your one year anniversary," and it'll be all like it's a it's a gift that people think about. That like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that they didn't just get us a card with money in it. They didn't get us a blender. They got us this bottle of champagne that we can do something on our anniversary. You know, it would be even better if you got like a cheap bottle of champagne. And put it in a box and locked the box and then said, I'm going to give you the key on your one-year anniversary or something so that they couldn't even tell that your gift sucked until a year later. And by that's that point, bad. maybe they forget. That might be good. I have a little, that's a little life hack there by, uh, by Pat Mayo, by the way. A little wedding life hack for you guys. Um, I got a life can hack. I give you the sing- can I give you go. the single best life hack I got? Let's, dude, I want it all, Mayo. Let's go. Okay. You go to the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Do you go to the movies? I don't, but let's pretend I do. Okay. All right. So people go to the movies. Yeah, yeah, not, some people. Not- weird people. My brother, not the bod goes like, to the movies alone, by the way. Did you know that? Uh, I've gone to movies by he myself. He does it like, he does it all the time. It's like his way to get away from his kids and his wife and everything. He does, he goes to the movie by himself on Saturday mornings. Yeah. We, we, my office, uh, the, the Mayo Media Inc. office where I film is right next to a giant movie theater. So I'll go hop. If I got like a two hour break, maybe I'll go to the gym. Maybe I'll go to a movie. We'll see. I would do that then. So I'd what, end up playing the video games. But go on. You get the popcorn, right? Mm-hmm. So they put the butter on the popcorn. It's just on the top of the popcorn. Uh-huh which is fucking useless. It makes it all soggy. And then the bottom shit doesn't have butter on it at all. So what you right. do is you take it to that concession stand where you get like the shitty butter, but like it comes out of the, uh, it's like a dispenser. Like the you, s- yeah, the squeeze. Yeah. So what you do is you take a straw, just unwrap the straw, put it all the way down in your popcorn in the mm. middle, and then pour the butter through the straw so the mm. butter gets to the bottom. Swish it around a bit, pull up the straw a little bit so it's like three quarters of the way up. Repeat, go to halfway, go to a quarter, then hit the top. Boom, your butter, your popcorn is buttered all the way through. You can really dance. That is fucking good. I like that. The uh I have something similar that I do when like you're at a when you're at a like a buffet or whatever where you're making your own salad. Like I like to put a little dressing on the bottom of the plate, put the salad on, then put a little dressing on the top. But I have a little holiday gift hack here, which I was I'll, let's just do it here since we're on kind of the gift spirit. So first, I want to get your thoughts on gift cards in general as a gift, Mayo. Do you, are you a believer in gift cards as a holiday gift? Obviously, aunts and uncles and things like that, it flies. But for someone who's like maybe a notch outside the immediate family. My family only exchanges cash at Christmas time. Right. You're like me. That's, we're a cash family. Yeah. Like, just buy whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> And like, it's funny because we're basically just swapping cash. Yeah. It's like you'll give them cash, they'll give you basically the same amount back, and then you just go buy whatever you want. Gift cards are good, but like it needs to be the right type of gift card. So you know, back in the day, you used to be able to get like gift cards to a mall that was close to right. you. Not just a store, but the entire mall would be like 200 bucks to go to this mall. But like you could do it with Amazon now, like a $200 Amazon card. Visa gift cards, right. Like that, that's a good gift card. You can buy what – it's like $200 in cash. Right. So. And I think the, the key for those is because most people say, well, I'd rather have a Visa gift card than an Amazon gift card, right? Because a Visa gift card, I can do it. But if you know the person and you know that they shop on Amazon a lot or if you know they go to a certain place, I think that's more specific. Here's my holiday life hack. So this has happened to me numerous times. What I always do, what I, everyone should, you know, the BODS line of a, go get yourself a library card, right? Go get yourself some gift cards right now. 
Do it now. Don't wait because you're going to forget. Go out right now. Go buy. Uh, now, it depends on your financial bracket, right? But for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a $100 gift card. I'm going to buy a few $25 gift cards. And then I'm going to buy some $20 gift cards. And then I'll get one or two Starbucks gift cards, right? So I'll probably spend about $200 outlay to have all different denominations of gift cards with little envelopes on them. And what I do, once we start getting close to like the end of the year towards Christmas time, you'll meet people and run into people who give you gifts where you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I never expected this person to bring me a bottle of wine or something like that. So I have my gift cards in my winter jacket. I keep them handy. And then if someone pops that on me, I pull the, oh, I got something for you. Let me get it out of the car. Fucking write their name on it real quick. Boom. So you have permanent gifts in your pocket. If you never need to use them, they're Visa gift cards. You spend them on yourself and it doesn't go to waste. Visa gift cards are perfect also for the guy who's hiding gambling from his wife in his life. Oh, you know what? Another life hack here. Are you ready? So, yeah. so give your Visa gift card for gambling story, and I'll give my, my life hack for gambling. Oh, I, I just know it because I know a whole bunch of people who were, like, banned from websites of play, and they got no money. But if you give them a Visa gift card, they can get some money on that site so they don't have to uh, borrow money from, quote, Johnny Knuckles in order to bet. <laughs> Vinny Babalooch. The, uh, the PayPal debit card is one of the biggest things in my life when I had a very, very serious relationship when I was actually engaged. So on DraftKings, you know, you, yeah, I was actually married, believe it or not. We talked about it on here. I was married for like 16 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's come out a little bit. I didn't, wasn't necessarily hiding it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't very long lived, Pat. It was about two months. <laughs> so, how, long, how long ago was that? This was, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago. Oh, I, I was hoping you were going to say like three weeks ago. <laughs> three weeks ago. So, you know, it's, you, you just got to do it just to say you did it, right? So that way I could speak on the topic. Uh, but you no, know, one of the big things is the PayPal debit card. So everyone uses PayPal on DraftKings, right, to deposit in and out. But, you know, how do you get that money to be able to spend it? Well, you're usually transferring it over to your bank account or doing something like that, and your wife's on top of that. You open a separate PayPal account, and you get the PayPal debit card. And the second you win on DraftKings, you kick it over to PayPal. You have no receipts on that that are sent to your house. You can have them automated to another email address. Take that PayPal debit card out, and you could spend your PayPal balance like cash without the wife ever knowing. It's, uh, it's a relationship saver for sure for those DFS players. I would go the opposite way on that. How would you do it? I just tell my wife what I'm betting on, how much I'm betting, and if she doesn't like it, then she doesn't like it. Well, you're a man. There's a difference. You're 34. You're still a man, Pat. The people we're speaking to are like 27, and their wife tells them if they can watch football on Sunday. No, but you got to get out ahead of that shit. I know. It, it, it's like, put it this way. If you're someone who, like, enjoys to, to dabble in the, uh, in the drug scene, hiding that shit from your wife is the worst thing you can yep. do. Just tell her what you're doing. I'm, I'm 100% a Mr. Precedent. Set the fucking precedent early, and then you don't need to worry about it later. So let's, do, let's talk about this Thursday night football game real quick. We'll get back to some fun shit. So... Saints minus seven, Dallas. Dallas is at home, 52 total. What's your take on this game? How do you see this game working out? I don't know, Saints by 450 points, but right? here's the problem. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the money on each side of the game. All the money is on the Saints. Everyone's picking the Saints, and this line hasn't moved from seven yet. In fact, I think it went from seven, seven and a half to seven. Mm-hmm. So that always, it, it doesn't make me want to bet on the Cowboys, but it makes me pensive from making a really big bet on it is the problem that if I, I mean, I made the saints, my super lock on the show this week. Like, I just think they're pretty on. And it took me a while, like credit to you. You were on the saints for a bit and it's a great hedge spot for you with the, having the Rams outright. But mm-hmm. I didn't believe in this defense. And then I just looked at it as like, I'm, 
they've covered nine games in a row. They've become the second team in 35 years to cover 10 games straight. Like, I did this with the Vikings, I think, in 2014, 2015, whatever it was. I just rode the Vikings every single week. I think they ended up going like 13-2-1 against the spread. Just there's This number should probably be like 13.5, shouldn't it? Yes, it should. It should. And the funny thing is, Pat, part of the reason why I think some people are struggling this year um, I've had a pretty good football season, you know, definitely up significantly hitting about, I think, close to 58% or whatever and up like 20, 20 something units. But um, the big thing is I've been kind of ignoring the money movement. I think the money movement's been trapping people this year because it's killed. Like me. You were, right. Like if you're following the sharp money, like I feel like it's been wrong most of the year and it's not balancing. So I've just basically ignored it. And I'm just looking at these things going. They've been wrong on the Saints all year. Every spread has been wrong on the Saints. I've been hammering the Saints all year. And now we got America's team, which tends to get a lot of money coming in on Dallas, regardless, at home, winning, you know, doing well. So I don't, I don't see any way, any way that Dallas covers this game. I, I just don't see a chance. I, I don't think there's a chance. If you're going to bet Dallas plus seven, you might as well bet Dallas money line. Yeah, exactly. That's really what it comes down to, right? That's actually a very good point. Like, if you're going to do the plus seven – just take the fucking money line because if they keep this close, they got a very good shot of winning it. You know, the problem is they're probably not going to keep this close. Is there any guys that you're looking at? I mean, from a, from a DFS perspective and from a fantasy perspective, the saints have become kind of one of those teams where I, I keep telling everyone, it doesn't matter if they score 35 points a game because you're looking at a team that just has way too many people that they're getting involved from Taysom Hill to Dan Arnold to Kirkwood to fucking, you know, you have the big guys, obviously, in Ingram and Kamara and Michael Thomas, and then you have Breeze, and then you have Traquan Smith. Like, there's just too much there that, from a fantasy perspective, on a showdown slate, obviously, you're going to do it. But for a full week slate on DraftKings, the Monday through the Thursday through Monday, I'm okay with literally fading everyone in this game. I can see that. I mean, Drew Breeze runs a communist offense, he's the Stalin of fantasy football. He just distributes the wealth evenly. And that's the way it's going to be, except he does it by like textbook Mark style instead of like what we mm-hmm. see in practice. So he's not just keeping all the points for himself and giving nothing to everyone equally. Right. He actually does distribute. So good on Drew Brees. Nice guy. But I mean, I hate Mark Ingram. I'd never play Mark Ingram. Fucking hate that guy. But <laughs> he's in worst place for life. Just he snubbed me at the Super Bowl, too, which was even- I was going to say he did something to you, didn't he? I mean, I, I drafted him the first year he How was did- in the league. I thought he was good and he was just garbage. Mark Ingram is lay the- on the couch. Mark Ingram is lay- the king of having a good game when no one plays him and the king of having a great game when everyone's completely off of him. That's Mark Ingram. Lay on the couch, Mayo. Where did where did Mr. Ingram touch you? There's, there's no doll. I cannot he, point to that. However, how did he hurt you? Uh, Saints side. I think you're always just like Michael Thomas is probably I probably play Dak as my captain. he's the safest. I probably play Dak as my captain tonight, but I think people might get off like not off of Michael Thomas where he won't be highly owned, but I doubt he's as high owned this week as he would be in other weeks solely because I don't think that uh, Byron Jones is going to follow him around. That report came out, so that's kind of devastating to the suppressed ownership. But like coming off a bad week, it's not the greatest matchup, although it is actually because every matchup's a good matchup for the Saints. That right. I, I can see him just not being quite as highly owned as he normally is. So I think people are starting to catch on to the fact that, you know, there's just a lot of fucking weapons here, you know, especially on Thanksgiving when you had fucking, 
you know, like guys that people didn't even remember were still in the league, right? Catching touchdowns. Like who was it? Tommy Lee Lewis or some shit caught the first one and then Arnold caught one and then Austin Carr caught one. I think it was the first time in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken, where a quarterback threw three consecutive touchdowns to three undrafted players. I believe I saw that stat. So it's like after that being so fresh in your mind and everyone loading up on Saints on Thanksgiving, even myself, I'm kind of like, do I need to fucking like, if they're going to spread it around like this, why would I spend all that money on Michael Thomas? So I think I agree with you. I think he will be, you know, suppressed in his ownership a bit more than usual. And he hasn't hit 100 yards in the last three weeks and he hasn't hit double digit targets in the last three weeks. So, you know, the, the recency also backs that a little bit, too. It's it, it just a it just nice stock down situation to buy on the Saints solely because, you know, they're going to score points. Mm-hmm. So if you get one of those concentrated games, like we saw like that Atlanta game in week three, where it was Breeze, it was Thomas, it was Alvin Kamara. That was it. If you can hit on that game, this might be the week that people are sort of, people are going to want to get cute. Like people are going to play Dan Arnold this week. Like is Brandon Marshall going to be active for this? Cause if he's playing, he fucks all those tight ends. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, with Marshall, I don't think he's playing. I mean, he's, he's going to be inactive tonight for sure. Is he going to play next week? Possibly. I mean, it's kind of weird that he's been there this long and he's still not touching the field, right? Like, I know he's had a lot of time off, but it seems, seems a little bit strange that he's definitely not playing tonight, though. But I, I think you play Dak and fade Zeke. If you want to make, like, a unique lineup, I think that's the move. Right. I'm worried about Zeke because I have my biggest game of the year to make the playoffs in my seasonal league where three of my first four draft picks that basically were, like, Devontae Freeman and <laughs> Dalvin Cook and Josh Gordon. They didn't even play for the first six weeks. So I need this win, and I got Zeke versus the Saints, which is the single last matchup I want is a running back versus the Saints right now, but I'm crossing my fingers and praying. Well, are you convinced that the Saints run defense is good or is it people don't run against them? Here's the thing. I've been the only one that's convinced that they're good. I've been arguing this for five weeks with people, and every week I'm like, told you, told you, told you, and everyone's like, no, 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 no. Like, I think I don't even think Vegas believes it, Pat. I think this is the reason why I've been able to capitalize on betting the Saints every single week against the spread, regardless of the number, because I really believe that their run D is that good. And, dude, this is a team that's 13 sacks in the last three games, too. Like, they, they're they a good defense, and, and they were doing bad at the beginning of the year because Lattimore was not even close to where he is now. But he's back, and he looks good. So, yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah, just looking at it right now, an adjusted line yards, they're first at 3.44. The next closest team is Carolina, and it's almost a point, like one-tenth of a yard more. In terms of running back adjusted line yards, they're first by a significant amount over Houston. But everyone's ignoring it. it, No one wants to believe it. but But you can build the narrative. It's like, well, no one runs against the Saints, so who cares? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you can, but I think part of the reason is no one runs against – the reason the Saints are getting such a big lead is because they can't run against the Saints. You know, like the reality of that – you know, when you're looking at those stats on a per-carry basis too, Pat, you got to remember a lot of those rushes that are coming when teams are down 20-21, those should be higher yard-per-carry rushes because they're expecting the pass and usually the defense is a little softer. You're not stacking the box up 20. So – the, the math could always be interpreted multiple ways, right? So well, I'm just I, a I little like surprised what, that people don't interpret it like that. I, I like what you, uh, Cynthia brought up when she was on with you and just like basically throwing out garbage time numbers. I wish there was a way. I mean, that's the next big site. Like you have cool sites like Football Outsiders and Pro Football Focus, but there should be a site mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like the glut of stats. And that's what we have like at Fantasy National. 
for golf. Mm-hmm. It's like, here are the stats. You can customize these any way you want, any date range, any specific like round period that you want. You want to look by this round and wins of this condition. I want that for football being like, I want to see how teams run against New Orleans when they're trailing by 14 or less in the first half. Right. That knows that would be awesome. I would I would promote that site when it came out. Um, yeah, lo- okay, my let's problem, cut that out. And let's start that site. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> Rusty edit this edit this part out, Rusty. But uh, but yeah, no, for real, like that's my problem is I know what I want to look for. I just don't know where to find it 90% of the time. Like, I know I have certain, but my style is so antiquated. Like, I've sat with Jeff Collins and Draft Sheet before, like at live finals, and I'm doing my research and writing my article, and they'll literally teach me nine things while I'm sitting there. Not anything I didn't know. They'll teach me sites where it's like, Tommy, you're using these four sites, and you could just click this button. You know, like, I just, I'm longhand with everything. I know where to go and I know what I want. Just takes me fucking forever to compile it because I'm like a 90-year-old in a 39-year-old's body. Yeah, it's like using, like, optimizers and stuff like that. Like, once you have a grasp of how to use an optimizer, it's super easy. But if you don't quite understand all the inputs that go in, like, it's fucking useless to you. Right. Like, I would be like, I'm going to daily baseball data to find BVP, and I'm going here (laughs) to find weather, and I'm going here to find this. And they're like, you know, the site has all that, right? But uh, but anyway, so... so if we had that for football, it would be awesome. That's what we did oh, with golf at Fantasy National. It's like, here's all the eight sites that you use to research. We'll just make them into one site. That's that's awesome. That's and are you, do you know Paulie Friday, Paulie? Uh, I just know him Austin. like through Twitter. He's been crushing it. He's yeah, had he's a really, really good gonna... swing. I've had an awesome swing as well. So it's yeah, you a... guys have been. Killed. I would say like you were my two favorite two favorite golf guys that I watched. I look for for everything. So real quick on golf. I mean, obviously. It's going to be tough to get down on this. You know, check out Pat. Stay on top of Pat's stuff. Um, if, there, if there's any, you know, weekend plays, I'm sure you'll give them out to the people. Um, but what, what is your take? Who do you think wins this? Uh, I, I this bet, hero classic. I bet Bryson. I bet Bubba. But Bubba was just okay. stupid odds for a 14-man tournament. He was 28-1. to 1. He's Bubba. He's won three times this year, and he's won at this course in the past. And he's in, as we speak, he's tied for the lead. So you're probably not going to get 28-1 anymore. But Tim and Bryson. Bryson and Bubba are constantly disrespected by the market because people don't like them. Patrick Reed is very much the same way. They pay worse odds than their talent and their win equity solely because they're not Tiger Woods. They're not Jordan Spieth. Uh, John Rahm fits into this mold, too, because people hate John Rahm. Mm -hmm. He's a hothead. But that gets factored. Golf is the one thing where narrative really influences odds. It's like, hey, the Cowboys get an extra half point because they're America's team. And people like to bet on him. Well, Tiger Woods is eight to one when he should be thirty-five to one because he's Tiger fucking Woods. Phil Mickelson gets to be twenty to one in tournaments, and the guy had one win in five years. Where Bryson's won five right. times in the past eighteen months, and now he's like the sixth favorite in this tournament. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and also, when whenever you start to hear rumors, r- rumors affect the lines even more in golf than I've ever seen too. When you start to hear rumors that he may have a back issue, he may have this. You know, when you hear that on a football player or a pitcher or anything, it may lose move the line 10 cents. But in golf, I mean, you hear these little whispers and all of a sudden lines drop from like, you know, 5 to 1 to 15 to 1 like overnight. Yeah, and I mean, the golf market is it's it's pretty disastrous market. Like you need to be good at it to make any sort of money. The head-to-heads is really where the true money is. That's like, where yeah. Like I'm not good at uh like beginning of the tournament head-to-heads but give me a round or two of data especially like this week sucks for like in play because there's no shot link anytime that there's shot link and you can wait strokes gained 
basically all you need to do is find a head-to-head matchup where one guy is gaining a whole bunch of strokes putting and the other guy is losing a whole bunch of strokes putting and bet on the guy who's losing a whole bunch of strokes putting in a head-to-head matchup and you'll win like 80% of the time. I'm going to go re-listen to this back and write all that down. <laughs> the same as you guys should do. But yeah, I think golf is a sport that's really like that, right? When you, you can see how people are playing, you can see what kind of form they're in on the first day. Um, kind of like Cheetah, Sports Cheetah at our site, is the best I've ever seen in my life at in-game NBA bets. Like, he's fucking, un- it's unheard of. He just gets a feel for the game early on, so sometimes it's better. And to tout your boys over there at DraftKings, I think they have one of the best, if not the best, live in-game betting functionality on their sports book that I've ever seen in my life. Th- um, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm not super familiar with like sites that you can use. Like I'm familiar with the DraftKings one, but I've actually never actually played on the sportsbook app because well, I, yeah, you got to be in Jersey. I mean, when I go to like Newark, maybe I can log on, but like in if Canada, you go to Jersey, maybe, maybe don't go to Newark. Maybe <laughs> I, I always maybe, fly into Newark. Me. If I'm flying to New York, yeah, I, but get I'll, the fuck out of there as quick as possible. I, I always <laughs> fly into Newark. If I go to New York, Always. No, you should fly into Newark, but get the fuck out of Newark as quick as possible. Yeah, I go on the Sky Train, I go, and then I take the train straight to Penn Station. It's super quick. Yeah, you go. Anyone who flies into New York City to go to New York is just a fucking rookie. Well, it's like anyone who, like, take, it's like is, anyone who takes a taxi from Newark. What are you doing? You can take the train. It's like yeah. three times as fast. People are so dumb. People are fucking stupid. But I come from but, I come from a city with transit. A lot of people who fly to New York, they don't, have, they don't understand transit the way that you know, it's used right. in New York. If you come from a big city, you get that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I don't like the subways and shit, but they're a necessary evil most times. Going to Yankee games. Oh, my games, God. Going After, to, I mean, I lived in Jersey for about a year. I lived on the Lower East Side for about three months because that's all I could really afford. But like, <laughs> New, New Yorkers who complain about New York transit have fucking lost their minds. Move to a different city and see what it's like. Exactly. You have options, at least, in New York. That's the one thing. It brings you everywhere. Anywhere in the city you want to go, you can get there by Within subway. Within a block. In Toronto, you can go to two places. Yep. It, like it, it, it's fucking terrible here. I actually haven't been there, but I've heard. I've actually heard from a friend of mine who actually moved out there. He moved back to to the states like four years ago, but he would tell me stories all the time about how because he lived in New York first, so he went from New York transit to Toronto transit, and he had the same exact thing that you're telling me right now. He's like, bro, you don't even fucking understand. I try to go from A to B, and I got to go to A to Z, and then walk to B and take an Uber to G. Like, yeah, that's what he was telling me. Same thing. All right, Patty, let's do some bold predictions. All right. So I have a few that are going to probably blow up in my face. These are predictions doomed to fail. Right. So we're picking very aggressive stuff here. So I want you to give me a couple bold predictions for either this weekend, for the golf tournament, for whatever it is. Give me, give me a couple bold, though. Not, no, no pussy shit here. Like bold. Step out there. Okay. So I like Bubba, but that's going to be. No, that's that's not actionable information for anyone at this point. Right. That's why you got to be. But that's bold. That's twenty eight to one. That's as bold as you can. I get. I mean, that for golf, that's pretty tame. <laughs> for for golf, for this tournament, it's as bold as you can get. Yeah, right? for, for he's, he's one fourteen of man yeah. field. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule right now. I think it's Baltimore KC next week, right? Right. I like the Ravens matchup against Kansas City a lot, especially, but only if they mm. keep Lamar Jackson in, because I think that that is that sort of style of offense that's going to beat Kansas City, a team that can run the ball milk the clock, play good defense, potentially cause a turnover or get a stop somewhere, but soak up against a bad run defense, like these seven-minute, eight-minute drives. Like I even saw last week, I think Baltimore leads the NFL in seven-plus-minute drives. Just they milk the clock so much. Like take away the amount of possessions that Mahomes can score on you, capitalize on your brief opportunities. You need to play a good game, but I think the Ravens can beat the Chiefs outright. You know what's funny? When you first said it, I thought it was crazy. 
But that logic actually makes sense. If they can get that ground game going with Edwards and Lamar and keep them off the field, it's bold. I, I have one similarly bold, but go on. We're gonna we saw we saw this game earlier with the Saints, though. Like, Tucker doesn't miss that extra point. That game's in overtime against the Saints. Right. And that's what they did. I, I, I don't despise it. Listen, mine's even fucking more ridiculous. So that's that's crazy. So make, make sure to bookmark this, boys, in case that happens. If it doesn't ha- – if any of these don't happen, though, ignore it like we never said it. But if they do, at the PME – at Tommy G, blow the fucking Twitterverse up about how smart we are. So I'm going to give you two for this weekend right now. Um, one is probably a little less bold, but it's still a plus 200 dog. Um, I've been talking about how I like the Vikings plus the points against the Patriots. I think the Vikings beat the Patriots this week. So that's not super bold. I'll go into deep analysis on that at GuruLeet.com um, in my article. But here's the crazy one. I think that Arizona gives pack the Packers hell. This week, I think they drive them nuts. I think there's a chance that the Packers are basically just fucking done. Like they're just fucking out of it. They're dysfunctional. McCarthy's a fucking mess. I'm assuming all the players want him fired. They want him out of there. We saw what happened with the Browns, right? The second Hugh left and his whole staff left, all of a sudden the Browns start playing better and Baker turns around. I think Aaron Rodgers is in one of those similar spots that Baker was in going, fuck these dudes, fuck this play calling, fuck this team. Even though they're still mathematically alive to win, and a lot of people I know, Cynthia and some others, are saying they can win out and get in the playoffs. I think Arizona keeps this game very close, and I'm going to predict an Arizona victory to blow up survivor pools everywhere. Okay, I'm going the other way on this one. I think that the Packers absolutely wax Arizona, only because they've handled shitty teams so well this year. Like That's all their wins against shitty teams at home. Like They crush Miami yep. at home. They crush the Bills at home. And it's a warm weather team going to a cold weather place. But, like, yeah, everything is lined up for the crush. Like, like, the only thing that Arizona really has going for them, they have an excellent pass rush, but Rodgers doesn't take sacks. He just throws the ball away. Is the most throwaways. That's been, like, the fun stat to throw around this yep. week. And the one thing that the Packers actually do pretty well on defense is they stuff the run a little bit, but they attack the quarterback. They do have a good pass rush. Mm-hmm. Arizona has a shit offensive line, and Rosen is the worst quarterback in the league under pressure. So I can just see him making a lot of mistakes. I actually took the 14 in that game. Uh, the mm-hmm. game that I'm thinking, almost like how you kind of like uh, Arizona to really give Green Bay some fits, I like the Lions to give the Rams fits in Detroit. I could see that. I mean, you could buy the Rams don't cover, man. Right. That's the thing. And if you could throw on the Rams, you could, you could stay in the game and you can keep up with them. Plus, we have. You know, Gurley left that game last week, and, you know, he, we don't know his status 100%, even if he plays, which I'm assuming he will. Could be a little bit dinged up. There could be some stuff uh, that's being hidden here in this Gurley situation. I don't despise that play. So the Lions, despite the fact that whenever people seem to get on them, they just let everyone down so horribly. But they're pretty good against the spread this year. And the Rams, Mm -hmm. since the first few weeks, Vegas adjusted to them pretty accurately, pretty quickly. And they are not covering machines. I think they failed to cover like five of their past six games, something like that. And I think this number will go up. It's at nine and a half right now. And ever since getting Snacks Harrison, like if you look at the, and this is why it would be nice to have these like sortable stats for mm-hmm. NFL that since they got him, their run defense has actually been pretty good. Oh yeah. Me that, and Jeff have been saying it like the second they got him. Yeah. So if you can shut down Gurley on first and second down, you then put the game in the hands of Goff, who's fine. And he can definitely beat Detroit. Let's, let's not you know, mince words here. These but are, down, bo- yeah, Cup, I got to remind everyone. These are extremely bold outlandish predictions. Everyone go on. 
So, yes. So, but you have Slay to take out whoever it may be, whether it be Woods, whether it be Cup. You take one of those guys out of the game. Now you're left with the other one, Josh Reynolds, and those tight ends who are only good because they're wide open the entire time. And then if you can slow down Gurley as a part of the run game, you now need to rely on Sean McVay to adjust to start throwing the ball to Gurley much more often than he is running with him. Or, like, even in that Saints game, they couldn't adjust. But they'll probably still be playing it from ahead most of this game. So they'll continue to run the ball into the ground, not gain a lot, be forced with a lot of third and longs. And on the other side, there's probably not going to be any carry on Johnson, which means there's going to be a lot of blunt, a lot of just running the ball into the middle of the line for, like, three yards. You get them to convert a few third downs. Detroit's one of the slowest-paced teams in the league that I'm not calling a Detroit outright win here because they're just not that good. But I do think they – Detroit plays so many games where it's like, hey, Matt Stafford has a chance to, like, drive for a field goal to win. Then he doesn't do it. But right. <laughs> but they still cover the points. It's it, Detroit's one of those teams, right? Like whenever you whenever you lean on, they're kind of the Mark Ingram of teams, right? Like whenever you want them and you think they're in a great spot, they let you down. And whenever you think they're going to get killed, they fuck you the other way. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on the receivers for this game, too, because I think we're going to see um, probably Cooks spend the least time in the slot, right? So Cooks is going to spend most of the time on the perimeter and Slay spends most of his time on the perimeter. So if I was going to look at a DFS play here, Cooks would probably be my least favorite of those three, even though I like him the best as a player. And then you're probably going to see Woods spend about half the game in the slot, and you'll see Josh Reynolds spend probably the other half in the slot to avoid Slay. So from a DFS perspective, uh, if anyone's looking at that, I personally think Woods and Reynolds for the value are a little better plays than Cooks um, in that game. I'm going to give you – Hold on. Hold on. How about the, for DFS, how about this? I mean, if, if I guess if Carrion doesn't play – then Riddick mm-hmm. might be a decent like if you need just I mean, actually fuck Riddick. I mean, what's he going to score? 15? No, he, he's there. I mean, listen, he's he's going to be. It depends on what his price is right on on the specific sites. So on DraftKings, Riddick usually tends to be underpriced all the time. But but so well, let me ask, because you're better at these big GPPs. I mean, you're better at picking GPP tournaments. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. that's the number one skill I think you can have on DraftKings is knowing what tournaments to play. <laughs> A hundred percent. Like that's yeah. the part it's, that you and, and that's why I tell my subs do as I say, not as I do sometimes. But yeah, I could tell people exactly what to play, whether I have the personal discipline to do it is a different story. But I sound like I do. Yeah, I'm out here fishing it, play like <laughs> you know, like max, not max entering, but like throwing a bunch of a uh, bunch of lineups, and, like the nine dollar slant, the three dollar playing some millimeter right, yeah, <laughs> the play action. Yeah, like that's just zero return. Forty percent of the prize pool to first. Like, yeah. But I'm not. I'm also not a professional DraftKings player. <laughs> right, you're fucking. It's fuck around. Yeah, like it's fun. It. I enjoy playing on DraftKings. I don't care if I lose or not. <laughs> but I want to play right. in the tournament. Like, that if I price. Did it, I want to win a million bucks, kind of thing. But that yeah, his price is still forty seven hundred. So I mean, he hasn't gone up much considering you know he's he's gonna get seven eight targets. But that game is fifty five over under. It's now actually ten plus ten. Detroit is a home dog. Detroit one of the slowest paced teams. That game just reeks of under. I just played Galladay from that game and move on. It's kind of similar to your theory on the Ravens, right? Like you feel like if this game's gonna go under, that's the best time to bet the underdogs, right? Like I I you truly feel the same way. Like if you can grind clock and if Blunt can get it moving, then I could see it. And honestly. That's been the way to beat the Rams. Just run straight at their aggressive pass rushers to slow them down. Um, yeah, because Sue, Sue, Sue has been bad. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, you're looking at, you know, a couple of the best defensive linemen in the league, supposedly, and they're great against the pass, but these guys have not been great run stoppers this year. So you got to keep your eye on that. I have a, another really fucking crazy bold prediction. Um, one is not that bold. So I think Tyson Fury defeats Deontay Wilder. So that's a boxing match that's coming up this weekend. Mad Lab thinks I'm out of my fucking mind. Um, I just think he points him to death. Tyson Fury doesn't have the big punching power. 
of a lot of these other guys, nowhere near the punching power of Deontay Wilder. But I feel like he's already kind of in Wilder's head. Wilder's losing his fucking losing his mind at these press conferences and everything. And Fury's the type of guy who will just methodically he's a slick boxer. He's not powerful for for a heavyweight, but he's a slick boxer. I think he could point him to death and steal the victory. But my big upset is Northwestern defeats Ohio State this weekend in their biggest game of the year. I think I think they I know they cover. I'm telling you that and it's probably similar to the Arizona thing. They're either gonna win the game or they're gonna get fucking blown the fuck out, realistically. Like Arizona. I think one of us is gonna be right on that. The Packers are gonna win by thirty or they're gonna lose. It's gonna be one or the other. So Northwestern, I think, can pull the upset on Ohio State. So, do you have a take on either of those two? I mean, I, I don't really follow college football, but all I know is that I really hope to God Northwestern doesn't win because every like every oh, your industry, all the media people, right? all the fucking Journalists. media people, they're just like I, I just don't need to hear it. And I, I, I mean, <laughs> I have no take on boxing. The only take, okay. the, big, <laughs> the only take I ever had, the only time I ever had Mad Lab on the show is we talked about the Mayweather and. Uh, Connor McGregor. boxing match yeah and like just around like I, I trust labs I trust my buddy Cody he watches a ton of this shit and he's just like this is free money they're like the biggest bet I've ever made on anything it got down to on uh, Bovada it's or crazy. Bodog up in Canada they had it down to minus 290 at one point dude it's the the it, I was I love McGregor and even I was like what how do you not bet Mayweather here <laughs> like it doesn't like you have to take it you know what the best bet is right now Pat which I mentioned on the last pod Saquon Barkley minus three thirty to win Rookie of the Year. Oh, see, I don't know about that. Really, dude, if, you're the if, first if, person I'm hearing a counterpoint here. If the Browns can win some games here at the end, Baker's going to win because they just they will give it to a quarterback. Oh wow, I don't I don't see that at all. I, what are the Browns I, now four six and one? Baker's pl- Baker's plus two fifty. So I thought Baker should be like plus five hundred, and and Saquon should be like minus nine hundred. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've both got like four wins, right? Whether the Giants have two or three wins and the Browns have four or something. It's true. But like Baker is coming into a franchise that is horrible. And now all of a sudden they have four wins. If they get like six, six, nine and one, or maybe they make a last second playoff push or anything like I think they might beat t- Houston this week because I think Houston's wildly overrated. I think that game yeah. goes over. That's one of my favorite overs. Yeah, because I mean, if you go look at who the Texans have played. Like, just even recently, they've played the shittiest quarterbacks in the league. they played everyone's backups, mm-hmm. and they, they haven't played a real quarterback. And I'm not saying that Baker's great, but he's better than fucking Colt McCoy. Right. No, I agree. I mean, listen, Cleveland's coming on. I understand it. Um, and, you know, they're at the Texans, at the Broncos, at the Ravens. If Mayfield was able to go 4-1 and one over that stretch, yeah, you got a different conversation here, right? But I, I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to lose at the Ravens. Uh, the Panthers, I think, take them out. And then I do think they probably lose to the Texans. But, I mean, God, with the numbers that Saquon's putting up, I, I wouldn't even imagine. But you're right. They do love quarterbacks, but I'm all in. They, they, they love quarterbacks. Barkley. And I will wager that Barkley, it's it's unfair because he was the second pick. He plays in New York. He gets a lot of pub. People know who he is. But he's not having a substantially better season than Philip Lindsay is. I love Lindsay. I love Lindsay. It's just he's not in the spotlight as much, right? Yeah. Like, he wasn't the high enough pick. He was, he was a guy who I was high on very high in the year. Um, and he looks fantastic. Like, he pops off the film when you watch that tape. Uh, let's do some fuck, Mary kills here, Mayo. Let's do it. So so I'm going to do, do one for you, and then you think up one to give to me. Okay? So what I'm going to say is let's do uh, – first of all, can I get a Timander Gust? Oh, yeah. I can probably drop that on you. How about it? Let's see. We have a Timander Gust. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, that's my favorite thing in America. I said, like, I got to get a ringtone. I got to record you doing that so I could fucking make that my ringtone. Uh, the whole song is fucking incredible. Uh, so let's do, let's do something with Andercust here. So I'm going to give you Fuck, Marry, Kill. You know how the game works. So the Andercust Curse, Horrible Lists Cuss, or Triggered Cuss. Oh. First of all. Which one would you marry? Which one would you fuck? And which one would you kill? I mean, I would kill the curse. Just kill the Ander curse right away. Like, that thing is, it's won me, I mean, it won me like 15K one day. And it won all, <laughs> all the viewers, all the money is in the world when he, when he Ander cursed poor Jordan Spieth into making a quadruple bogey, allowing 151 Danny Willett to win the Masters. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I've had enough of that. Kill, kill, the, uh, kill the curse. I will... Okay. I guess I'll fuck the lists only because I, I enjoy like one of every four. But triggered cuss, right. yeah, you got to marry that. that. That is an endless reservoir of entertainment. Just how upset he gets about everything. Oh, dude, but yeah, like I, I am going to actually marry your new thing that I saw you doing. I just saw it in passing where you're having people like ask Tim for advice on things, right? Do you want to tell everyone what's going on with this? Because this seems like marriage material, dude. If this doesn't take off, nothing will. All right, so uh, it's basically just you know stealing the dear Prudence, dear Abby, whatever it is. Uh, if you send, you can send uh, social situations or some sort of personal question you had. Like someone sent in a fantasy football question, and I basically just emailed back like "fuck off" with this nonsense. <laughs> like I, I need some like real shit here. Like I can give you, I'll give you an example of one. I'm just loading it up right now. So you can email dearcusty at gmail.com. We got a whole bunch of them so far. It's fantastic. <laughs> so I can pick and choose. Do you think I should give him the questions beforehand? So he can do it. I uh, see. I was thinking about that actually because I was wondering how you like were going to do it, and I didn't know. I think you should because he's so nuts that like I think the more time he has to think on it, the funnier it'll actually end yeah, up. Yeah, and being it's content driven, so I need it to take personally. up time. I can't just have him give a one word answer. Like I have guests on. I have guests on sometimes. Right. I think they forget that they're on a show. And they're like, yes. It's like, oh, thanks. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst, man. It's the worst, dude. I used to have it on serious. I fuck it. It's like you got to fucking just drag. And it takes away from your personality because you can't focus on just being funny and entertaining. You got to focus on keeping so the-, the train moving and almost talking for them. But I think you give it to him ahead of time, Pat. I really do because his mind works in such a mysterious way that the more time you give him to think on something, the better it will be. I'm telling you. So here's an example. Give it to him ahead of time. It says, Dear... Dr. Custy, my girlfriend of many years keeps complaining that we don't go on dates anymore. I'm a college student with not a lot of money, and I'm sick of the typical going out for dinner or going to see a movie for a date. I was wondering if the man of the people could help a guy out in recommending some fun slash exciting dates I could take my girlfriend on while not spending too much money. From Girlfriends Are Difficult. (laughs) Like, God knows what he's going to say to that. Mall walks? Dude, Dude, that, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I don't even want to spoil it. I don't even want to guess at it. I just want to be completely surprised. But it's going to be amazing, whatever the fuck it is. So that's what I would personally marry. But um, yeah, a, a triggered cust is definitely the marriage material in this one. Um, I'll probably, because it doesn't affect me, I'm probably going to fuck the Andercust Cursed just because I love when you freak out about it. And then even though I love the lists, I'm probably going to have to kill the lists and keep the curse because the curse is just fun. It's fun to watch him get picked on. The biggest, thing, another one the biggest thing he Go ever on. did, like social-wise, was that ha- Halloween candy list that like legit triggered people. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're all so good. Like It's one of the few ones I've ever done where it's like, I don't want to kill anything. Um, what about golf, football, and The Bachelor? 
I mean, you got to fuck the bachelor, right? I guess. I mean, it's, it's thirty. It's thirty women. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but I mean, which one of these would you want forever? Which one can you go with just once in a while? So let's look at it as a. You could have one of these, the marriage one. You could have every year for the rest of your life. The fuck one you get once every four years, and the kill one you never get again. I'll go. I'll marry golf. I'll fuck football, and I'll kill the bachelor. From that point, Ooh. golf is something Ooh. that I mean. Covering golf is so much more laid back than covering football. Like football's super intense. Oh yes, and golf is something that like I can do for like the next forty years. Like I can be on top of the golf game. Like the space in golf. Like when you see like especially like when you look at some of these fringier sports, like golf has blown up a little bit. But like think about all the people who give out like MMA advice. There's like Labs. There's like my show with Cody and Paul, and there's like three other other people who do it. And the rest of people just seem like scam artists. They just suck. They basically just get our content and then regurgitate. Yeah. So like that's a good space. Golf is a good space to be, and everyone fucking does football. And like you said, like after six weeks of football, I start hating fucking football because it's every day. How many times have you like you'll watch a whole day of? And I'm not a golf fan per se. I do enjoy golf, and I do watch golf. I watch more golf than the average person. So put it that way. It's kind of like the computer analogy we used before, right? Like I'm not computer savvy, but compared to the average American, I am. So I watch a good deal of golf, partly because I like putting prop bets in, and I like playing some DraftKings once in a while when football season ends. But for me, it's just it's very rare. I'm watching a golf golf for a whole day, and I'm just bitching at the TV over shit outside of human error, right? Like when athletes fuck up, that's part of the game. When I watch a football game, the whole fucking day, I'm like, what the fuck was that call? Why was that flag thrown? Why is this announcer such a fucking idiot? Like, it's like why is this coach going for it here? There's outside variables, that, that, variables outside of the player performance that sends me into a rage every Sunday to the point where I wish I was watching golf and just fucking going, oh, how'd you shank that? You know, golf is the perfect hungover sport because you can take a nap and wake up two hours later and like nothing's <laughs> yeah, changed. Didn't miss that much. <laughs> like you don't need to, like it's a great second screen experience. Like you can just kind of listen to what's going yep, on. Like that's what I do. It, it's it could be the best TV sport if they produced it properly, but clue. they don't is the problem because too many old people like golf. But if you look at the swinging demographics for golf, DraftKings has really helped out the base of golf of getting people who had no interest in golf through DraftKings, playing DraftKings golf, are now kind of interested in golf? A hundred percent. And we saw the graphics on TV a couple years ago when they showed, like, millennials are up, like, 24%. And it's like, oh, what do you know? It's right when DraftKings started offering Millie Makers for golf. Like, the announcers didn't make the correlation or wanted to ignore it for whatever reason. But the thing that bothers me with golf is, like, dude, if I want to watch Bryson DeChambeau today... Can't do it. Like... Why can't I fucking do it? It's 2018. You can't put a little fucking GoPro on the side of his fucking hat and fucking have a live DeChambeau feed. You can't pay the extra money to have how many golfers are in a tournament? Like 60 something or whatever to start 144. Okay, so get 144 fucking cameras. But, but you hit, get 100. Okay, so I, I laid out this case. You, divided by four because you got foursomes, right? You don't even need 144. So, yeah. So, basically, what uh, I, I made this pitch ages ago, like three and a half years ago. Here's what you need to do. 
And because the weird thing is, like, they give away PGA Live, like, one group that's, like, a full, like, broadcast. Right. They don't understand that, like, even like you said earlier, you don't need to have graphics on your show. You show up, answer people's questions on video. People are fucking happy. Look how big Twitch is now. That's literally just people right. standing in front of their computer, sitting there, like, no lighting, no anything, and people watch right. this shit. The quality doesn't matter. They just want to see what's happening in real time and be able to interact with it. Throw a GoPro on the caddy. Use drones over the green so you can see everyone putt. Hook that shit up to Wi-Fi. Sell it for like 60 bucks a, a month or 20 bucks a week. You're making a fucking fortune off that. Every DFS player would buy it. That alone. And, and normally you'd say, well, how much can that really move the market? Well, after football season, you'll see these million, you'll see million dollar first place prizes for golf and you won't see them in baseball and you won't see them in basketball and you won't see them in other sports. So, Obviously, there's a lot of people fucking playing once we get to January. So golf is uh, also golf is also the best DraftKings sport. Ah, it's so much fun. It's it's the best. It's, it's so four, much it's fun. Four days of so fun. Much. It's like football, it's, but it's get, over four days. It's so much fun. I fucking love it. You were asking me something weird. You you said you had a fuck Mary kill. What was yours? Okay, so here's mine. Do you know what a cell phone wallet is? Like the case that has the cards in the back? Like yeah. This? So it's like a case and like people okay. like hold their money in their cards like as a part it's of their stupid, cell phone. Stupid, ridiculous shit. Yeah. So fuck, Mary, kill. A cell phone wallet, a cell mm-hmm. phone like holster on your belt, or <laughs> tucking a short sleeve plaid shirt into jeans with the cell phone clip on it. Oh my God. Tucking a, tucking a plaid? Short a sleeve short, plaid. It has to be a short sleeve plaid shirt. <laughs> Can't be a long sleeve plaid shirt. Into jeans with a belt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love how it's short sleeve. Like how it has nothing to do with the fucking phone. Oh, it had to be... yeah, it has nothing to do with the phone. No, nothing, nothing. Just you, just the visual makes it so much better. Like fuck that dude, first of all. So fuck that dude. That dude's out tucking a short sleeve plaid shirt. I feel like you're going somewhere with this. I feel like you have like Andercust wore this or something. No, I, I know. I mean, the, the tucking the short sleeve plaid shirt. I mean, you can go fuck that guy. Then he'll go back to selling auto parts. No, I mean fuck that guy. Kill him. Like, kill that guy. Oh. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I shouldn't have said fuck that guy. So I'm killing the tucking a short sleeve plaid shirt into my jeans with a belt in the cell phone pocket. So that's just too much, too many things. So that's dead. Um, now I'm going to go. Cell phone wallets piss me the fuck off. They drive me nuts. But cell phone pants holsters not only kind of annoy me, but they get caught on things, too. Like, they get caught on doors and they get flicked around. I guess... The cell phone pants holster, I'd have to marry that and then fuck the wallet because I can understand why it might be convenient to have your cards on your phone. But as much as I leave my phone on the bar, I don't want to leave my wallet on the bar, too. That's the whole thing. Like, people lose their phone. People leave their phone. People leave their wallet places. Why would you want to lose both things? Right. That's the thing. Like, if I lose my wallet, then I need to use my phone to cancel my cards and... If I lose my phone, then I'm going to need my wallet to buy a new phone. So Also, do you, do you yeah, have so a I'm wallet? Gonna... I don't, actually. Here, I, this I have is, uh... this. I have a butterfly clip. <laughs> Look at this. That's my wallet. Can you yeah, see? So you say you have an elastic band. I, I have a clip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Because we're men. I have a fucking stack of hundreds right here with a fucking rubber band around it. That's My grandfather was like fucking OG mafia. And... Uh, you know, he was missing fingers, and our whole life we were wondering, you know, Grandpa got his fingers caught in a vending machine, and then we found out, oh, Grandpa was in the mafia. So uh, probably a hit gone wrong. But he used to always carry his money like the old-school Italians, right, like a wad of money with a rubber band around it. And I've just done it forever. So that's, that's my thing. What do you feel about wallets? Why are you so anti-wallets like me? I, it just I am all about efficiency. That's why I like living in the time that we do now. I have apps to take care of stuff that I previously would have had to spend hours doing. 
And like people think that I work hard because I release so much content. I'm just super efficient in releasing content now. I've gotten good at it that I've been able to streamline a lot of stuff. So maybe I don't work as hard as people may think. I'm just, yeah, you do. I'm just better at producing the content in a quicker fashion than most people in the space try to do. So like dieting kind of thing. Before you'd have to, like just having Google calendars on my phone, I can just keep track of my day. Here's when I do this. Here's when I do this. And it sends me a reminder and boom, I'm doing it. That I don't forget See, anything anymore. So there's no more, oh, I need to, I got behind doing this. And now I have to push this to the side to keep track of doing, like catch up on doing this. There's none of that anymore. And I, I think space efficiency is huge too. That wallets are huge. What's the point of having a wallet? Like oh, I carry man. around 50 bucks on me at all times in cash. That's it. And you have a card or like, two that I have, you use. I, I like, pay for everything in cards. How many cards do people use that they need a fucking wallet that fits 12 spots? Like, I'm I'm trying to think like I don't need to carry as many cards as I do with me. I don't I either. Carry, I carry seven cards. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But that's counting insurance card, AAA card. So really, it's just three cards: my PayPal debit card, my credit card, and my debit card, my driver's license, and then insurance and AAA shit. That's it. Yeah, I got I got my insurance card, my health insurance card. I got my two credit cards. I have my subway card. Uh, Air Miles card, like a optimum card to pick up points ever. People who don't take advantage of points on credit oh, cards God. and like all this shit are just I put everything on my fucking credit card. I just like, why? Why wouldn't yeah. you? You get free shit for using your credit card. And it doesn't cost you anything. I, I I never understood why people don't do it. So which of these three? Which is your fuck? Which is your marry? Which is your kill? Hoster, tuck and pants, or phone wallet? I, I think I'd have to marry the cell phone wallet, although it pisses right. me off. Like the short sleeve plaid shirt <laughs> tuck into the jeans look is just hack. <laughs> but like the the cell phone pants holster is the it's legitimate so worst look you could ever it's have. So bad. I'm just thinking like maybe I could put it behind me, you know, so people don't see it until I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know. It's but like don't do you not have pockets? I don't get it. I'm, and it gets caught on everything. Like they're getting stuck and it's spinning around like a fucking top. It's so annoying. How about this? Like like you're you're old enough that you may have had a pager. At oh, one of point, course, right? dude. I used to write fucking yeah. boobs upside down. Of course. Like, so, like, you, you you can recall having the pager clip to your belt. Yeah, of course. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what was it? 58008, I think, upside down spells boobs. But, uh, yeah. yeah, dude, of course. I loved pagers. That was the good old days. But those were, like, tiny and tight to your belt, right? Like, the cell phone thing kind of hangs off and is up and it's shitty. So, bottom line is put your phone in your pocket like a fucking man. Um, here's three for you, Mayo. Being extremely good looking, something you're very familiar with, my good man. Being extremely liked. Something else you're very familiar with, and being extremely rich, something else you're very familiar with. So, what would you fuck, marry, kill? Being the best looking guy, the most likable guy, and personable guy with a good personality, or being the richest guy? So, here's the thing it's funny, in the Twitter sphere and within the industry, I do seem to be relatively liked, which I'm surprised by. No, you're extremely my, like, liked. In my day to day life, like, people hate my fucking guts. Yeah. It's crazy. I believe that. Like, so, and most of that is like, I've become a much nicer person ever since I like turned Well, you have 25. a low tolerance for stupidity. That's like, I, we have a bond in that. Like, I, I can't listen to 25-year-old gir- girls talk. Like, when I'm picking them up at the bar because they're hot and then they start speaking, like, something short circuits in my brain where I just lose all attraction and need to get the fuck out of there. So, that's why society is hard. That's why I can understand you not... You seem to have that same kind of gene where it's like, dude, I can't, I can't deal with stupid. So what I've, what I've basically started to do is just ignore all that stuff. I right. just, I don't react to it anymore. And then you now, look like a dick. 
Yeah, yeah, but I, I just I, I don't. But by ignoring it, I look like less of a dick because I used to right. just go in and just be like, "Fuck you." I still go in. Yeah. I'm also not. A, I'm also not like a giant drunk anymore, like I was in my early nineties or in the, my early twenties. So that helps. <laughs> um, so I, I still prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, I would. So I would kill being extremely light because I really don't care about that. Uh, right. I would fuck being extremely rich, and I would marry being extremely good looking because. The biggest advantage you can have in life is being good looking. So the riches will just follow being good looking. I think, yeah. I mean, you can definitely make that point. I'm fucking killing extremely like too, um, because one thing we have in common is we don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about us. So that's that's a nice. I actually prefer to be hated by a lot of people, as many of you can probably tell on my social media. Well, um, it works. Do you know what sells? When people are on both sides. Polarizing. It's the Howard yeah. Stern model, right? Like he said, what he said, the people that hated him are the ones that made him rich. You know, everyone has fans, but when you get haters, that's when you're good. You don't want to be in the middle. And you, this will dovetail into the next question, something you asked me uh, yesterday. But I would rank these, um, kill being liked, um, fucking being extremely good looking, and I'm marrying being extremely rich because if I become extremely rich, people will pretend that they like me. And I will get as many girls as if I was very good looking. So it kind of covers all the bases. I, I would go the other way with that, though. The reason I marry good looking, because riches can come along with that. But as we've seen from, like, the Real Housewives shows, it doesn't matter how rich you are. You can't buy yourself into being good looking. You just buy yourself into, like, looking sort of like a robot in a it way. It would kind of depend, I guess, gender, right? Like, if I was a girl, it would be no-brainer extremely good looking because money just falls from the sky. But as a man, I've seen some really fat, ugly CEOs banging tens, Colombian tens left and right. So I think I think I think they're both right, like depending on who you are. But uh, definitely killing extremely liked. Let's go here for a second. I wanted to ask you, um, you asked me this question about being edgy the other day. So if you wanted the uh, DFS, you said something like, uh, why aren't more people edgy in this space? So elaborate. Yeah. Is it a is it a personality trait or are people scared? I I think in this space because really the question is you know why won't people be more edgy in this space right uh, the DFS space or fantasy yeah. space? So my philosophy on it is we live in a nerd culture. All right, that's where we're in. We've we've transformed into a nerd culture, and the DFS fantasy space is the the mecca of that. Right, there's not many cool kids. You know, we're two of the very few in this nerd culture that's actually like cool. So I think people want to be edgy. But they're not very risk averse. You know, the, this is a very safe space. People like to hedge. People like to have all the data in front of them. And being aggressive and doing especially what I do, going out saying, fuck your mother and fuck this and fuck that and using words people don't use, is a risk where you have to be extremely confident in yourself that, you know what, I'm going to piss some people off. I'm going to be me. I'm going to go at this hard, and I'm going to succeed in the end. And if I don't, I'll figure out how to get up and fucking give another run at it. I've been fired by four different companies before I started my own. I was fired by Roto Grinders. I was fired by SiriusXM. I was fired by Seattle Fantasy, basically. Like, they all eventually get to a point, and I, it's all because I refuse to stop cursing. You know, And you have to be willing to, in the words of the, the great and mighty Colin Kaepernick, sacrifice everything. Um, but you know, I really was, and that, and it ended up working out. These people aren't really edgy naturally, Pat. They're not. They're just trying well, then, to. Then, be. Then, that, then that's fine, yeah. then. Because the best of these shows are when people are be like, "That's why I love the show with you, the Bod and Labs." That you're being you, and right. they're being them, and you guys have a history, and you talk like you would talk. To and anyone. that's the thing. I think the thing about this industry, 
every it's a copycat industry, right? Like when people see you doing something, they're going to copy it. When people see me doing something, they're going to copy it. Like they're going to copy the people that are kind of where they want to get to, right? That own companies or are making great money working for companies they want to work for. But the reality is what everyone's missing in this industry is it seems so simple. Just be real. Don't, don't have a brand. Your brand needs to be you. If your brand is not you, this culture is so intelligent and there's so much opportunity for mistakes with social media and things staying permanently in writing that you will eventually get exposed. And once you fuck your brand up, it's almost impossible to bring it back. It's almost impossible. So you need to set yourself up in the right way. Like when you got outed as Prison Mike, that almost right. kind of like went along with your personality. It fit, right? I just owned it. Like, yeah. you know, and just fucking like, eat I, it. I was a dumbass. Whatever. Fucking eat it. Go. That's what I do. I do dumb shit. And I make stupid claims all the time. I'm wrong all the time. But no one's tuning in to me to get like the hot picks that no one knows about. They're right. tuning in to me to have a fucking laugh. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, look at Andercust. You know, like, I mean, look at all these people. The Bod, like you said, like just... N- the people that are the most, it's when you find the people who keep switching their brands and one minute they're hot take guy and the next minute they're talking about punching someone on Twitter. Like, pick a fucking lane and just be you. And that's the best advice I can give to anyone uh, getting out there and, and starting out there. So we also talked a little bit about the learning curve, you know, right now in DFS, right? Like between DFS and poker. Um, you have any takes on this about like how fast all this shit moves nowadays? Yeah, I feel like that there's a ton of I don't know how much money is to be made in DFS anymore. Basically, it goes it's the same as any business that you're in that if you don't own a product and you're not actively selling a product, you're not going to make any money. Like right. most people I mean, cuz people ask me all the time it's like, "Oh, if you're if you're good enough to give out picks, why don't you just play your picks?" It's like cuz there's no fucking floor in my picks. It's like the guys that are winning big playing DraftKings are you know they're putting in a ton of money every single week. There's grinders that can grind out good money. Your guys' subs seem to do really well. Uh, and that's a week-to-week. That's learning process. But you're not making, like, gigantic amounts of money if you're not investing gigantic amounts of money. But there's such a floor in content that if you can sell your product, that's guaranteed income. There's no risk in it. My question to those people, because they all say, if, you can, if you're so good at DFS, why are you giving your information? Well, that is only pertinent if that sentence ends with the word free. If you're so good at DFS, why are you giving your information away for free? Then, then it's like, well, doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, I don't get it. But there are people who are giving stuff away. Like, you give some stuff away for free. I give everything mon- away for free. But, 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 but it's really at- not. It's really not free. One, you're getting paid. Right. For, for doing that content. And two, you're building to a 10 million, 10 million person download following. You're building your brand, which you then can monetize. So it's technically not free because there is a pot of gold at the end of this tunnel for you. So that's the whole thing. For me, the question I throw back at them is how stupid would it be to be elite at a skill set and not charge people to teach them said skill set? Why would Gary V run all these classes? Why would all these people who become successful write books? Like, why would you give away your secret? Because that's the whole point of having a skill set to monetize it to the max and help other people. And that's really what we're doing here. And I think a lot of people forget the fact that by me going out there and giving my plays away and stuff like that, you know what? It actually makes me legitimately happy to go into the chat room and have people saying, Tommy, you just won me a hundred bucks today. Tommy, I just oh my paid God. my car. Like, I, I can't put words on that. And people think we're lying because they're selfish assholes, but it's the best feeling in the world. I, I mean, if, if I can give out a winner, especially in golf, because like the, the return on a golf winner is so big. 
that like some like people are betting way more on. You care Dolph. more about that than your own money. I, I really do, it's and it's better for my and it's better for my brand if yes. I if other people win than I win. <laughs> people don't get it. Like people. I, I don't understand like how sadistic and satanic you have to be as a person to not understand that when we had that subscriber win a million dollars and start like I was jumping up and down and I was excited for him. Like if I win a million dollars, I'll probably blow it in six weeks. You know, this kid's whole fucking life is going to change, you know, like to be able to do that for somebody and at least be a part of that adventure for someone now times that by thousands of people. Yeah, it would make a lot of fucking money doing it, but I mean, it's also very rewarding. And on the same token, I know you feel horrible when you give out great when you give out plays, and they all flop. When we have a oh, bad yeah. night I mean, in the gambling package, I fucking I, I want to kill myself. I mean that that's one of the big things of like when we were talking about potentially like when I was leaving fantasy, will I come to Guru Elite? One of the biggest hesitations that I had was I don't want my picks behind a paywall because right I don't that's want to, already, I, and I, I wouldn't let you right. To, that was a discussion that we had. I'm not good enough at this, and just throwing that out there, that I'm going to win all the time. It's probably a waste of people's money to subscribe to my package. Now, the, uh, the content that I offer is I give you well-researched information. I'm always well-researched. The, the facts that mm-hmm. I'm giving you, real facts. Uh, my spin on it seems to be very misguided uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I'll do it to you in an entertaining way that I'm not, you know, nerdlinger here reading off the stat sheet. Like, number one in the stats this week are these players in following order. And like, that's the entire conversation. Like, you're supposed to have fun. Sports supposed to be fun. Gambling's supposed to be fun. If you are not a professional gambler and you're really hitching your wagon to winning at gambling, you might be a fucking moron. It, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah, it, it is. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's, you know, there's not, you're not supposed to be a professional DFS player. Like, when people ask me, like, you know, our package is expensive, right? It's one of the most expensive in the entire industry. And we do that for a reason. I don't want 150,000 subscribers all sharing the same content. I want, you know, 15,000. You know, that's where we're at now. Or, or, or a couple thousand for gambling, two, three thousand. That's good enough. Like, because we're making it expensive and we still keep our community tight enough. But the whole thing about it is, guys, I mean, listen, if this was, if this was something you were going to be doing for a living, like, do you understand what $39 a month is? Like, fucking, you're going to pay $39 a month and expect a career out of this? Like, we want you to have a successful hobby. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. And even if you don't win, you should still get enjoyment out of it and feel like you have an edge, even if things aren't working out. But, I mean, the analytics in this industry right now, Pat, is just, I think it's getting too extreme. Like, my whole comment is they're trying to take the football out of football, which is pissing me off. And analytics and football are the worst, too, because you're dealing with so many different variables that it's so difficult and to quantify. Analytics and baseball make a lot of sense, right? There's, there's only so many outcomes. A pitcher throws the ball, a batter swings the ball, the ball goes into play, and someone makes a play on that ball. Maybe it's if it's a ground ball, the shortstop throws to first base, but you can quantify pretty easily each of those outcomes. And what has happened? Was the ball hit really hard? And did the, was the shortstop able to make a play on it? Because we can see with and the sample size is so big yeah. that, yeah, balls that are hit at X velocity to this spot are hits 92% of the time. If the shortstop makes a great play or gets to those balls you know, X amount of times versus another shortstop, he's a good defender. The other guy's a shit defender. That makes sense. There's so many different personnel packages, variables. There's twelve. There's 11 guys. I almost said 12 because I'm thinking 
stupid Canadian football. <laughs> 11 guys running 11 separate ways versus 11 guys running 11 separate ways. And then you have people pulling the strings, the puppet masters from up top, that maybe someone's scheme is better than someone's defensive scheme. Maybe a guy is hurt that day and he's not going to be hurt the next week that there's so much unknown in it. And people want to make such definitive statements. And I think a lot of it is DFS echo chamber as well, that no one is really talking about this stuff outside of people fighting about it on my Twitter timeline. Yeah, I mean, that it's like... It's almost like... The, it's like the Hillary thing that like, oh, I didn't know a single person that voted for Donald Trump. It's like, really? That's because you have no friends and everyone you see is some sort of left. Because you live on social on media and they're censoring everything yeah. around you, right? Like, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's so true because, Pat, this is such an event-driven sport, football. It's a touchdown-driven sport. And that's what people don't understand. One play is very extreme. The difference between a player being a fantastic DraftKings play and a terrible DraftKings play is that he got tackled on a route at the one-yard line and he couldn't catch a 70-yard bomb and it ended up being a pass interference penalty. Like, one little play like that is the difference between one catch, 70 yards, a three-point bonus, and a touchdown, or nothing because it's just a PI and it puts him at the two. So there's too many players involved in each event, like you're saying, in football to go that crazy as they're going with these analytics. And the differences between... You know, player X and player Y off times with these analytic fucking nerds is that it's like fractions of a percent. It's like you have a half a better percent matchup with this guy. Then that means nothing. That means nothing. You're not getting guys having two to three times as good of matchups like you'll see in baseball. Giancarlo Stanton going against, you know, the worst pitcher in baseball or the best pitcher in baseball is probably 10 times the variance on his performance compared to in football where. You know, I'm not going to go on the defense doesn't matter thing, but there's a lot of variables that, you know, people still have great games against great players. And I, I just, people are trying to tell people not to watch the games. That's what's pissing me off. They're trying to explain to people that you could take the football out of football and be successful. But, Pat, every single fucking one of those people doesn't play DFS and put their fail proof algorithm to the test for money against other people. Every single one of them. All the people that want to take the football out of football don't play DFS football. I'm surprised about that because if I had something that was so good, wouldn't I want to use it? Yeah, first thing you do. Like, honestly, like we just talked about. But, but, maybe, but maybe that's me and you. No, that's Earth. Yeah, it's anyone who's smart. Anyone who's smart. If you have a, dude, if you have a skill set, you should monetize it, right? We just said this. If you do something better than most, you should monetize that in 2018. But I, I think that this gets back to the point that you were talking about, the people and going back to the edginess of the podcast, that there's a certain personality type in DFS that some people want. Like, like you said, nothing makes you feel better than seeing other people win on a gambling package, winning a million bucks kind of thing. Some people want to put their product out there and just to see people do well with it. I get that. Now, I'm not like that because I want to make money. But some people are just either they're well off, they don't care about money. There are people like that. There are, but it's not the people that are talking. <laughs> like, I would name names, but I know who these fucking people are. And trust me, they're really smart with, like, science, but they're not rich. You know, the, the, most of the sharpest people in the DFS industry have monetized their brain the least. Like, if they would look at guys like me and you who are just, you know, we're pretty smart guys. We're, I think we're more sharp than, you know, genius guys, right? Like, we're not amazing with technology. We can't build a website and program an algorithm. But you know what? We have personalities, and we have a voice, and we have confidence. And we've basically we, taken that 
and shoved it down everyone's throat. And we're more successful than these people who are smarter than us. Well, well, the big thing is, is the, the part of this business that people don't seem to understand is the sales side of it. Right. They have if none you are it. a good salesperson, it doesn't matter. I mean, like Fantasy National is a great product. And the big thing that we wanted to make sure we didn't do was have picks on that site. This is a data site. It has tools where you can build lineups, see simulators. You can run it any way you want. But it's you making the fucking decisions about everything. But here's all every tool you will need to make those decisions, compile your own research. I didn't want to get into the pick selling business. Right. Uh, so when Moose created this thing, I was like, hey, man, I'll help you sell this. This is a fantastic tool. I would like to use it. And just getting me on it and pumping it and pumping it and pumping it. Like, it's annoying for some people, sure. But that's where, like you with, I mean, I think you're the first person I can remember doing the screenshot thing. And yeah. people get all triggered about it. Like, oh, you know, those people aren't winning all the time. And of course, those people aren't winning all the time. <laughs> no, but that's shit. such an effective fucking tool for if no one knew who I was and just kind of came across. And I was like, hey, we did. I mean, we had a Millionaire Maker winner as a Fantasy National member. Uh, the first year of the site. $2.3 million in winnings by people who were fantasy national members, golf only, only on DraftKings. And like tweeting out these screenshots every week, 50K, 100K. I think like 17 different people won 100K who are members of the site. I didn't tell them who to pick, but I told them the site right. they should go to if they know anything about it. And like tweeting that stuff out and screenshotting it out, like it's a sales tool. That's all it is. Yeah. And, uh, and the bottom line is here's another thing that people don't factor into this. And you are right. I was I was doing screenshotting back six years ago when it was no like the nerds ruled DFS Twitter and like you cannot talk about yourself. You can't even mention that you won a tournament the night before and I was doing it. But I just said, fuck all the nerds. Fuck all of you. I'm going to do what it takes me. The other thing about it is, do you know how happy your little guy who's at your site? And they go over there and they, they're looking at fantasynational.com and they're getting their information and they go take their $10 and they turn it into $1,000, right? Based on your information and the stuff that they got from fantasynational.com. And they're sitting there with 12 people to show it to because they only have 12 followers. And then they go and go, hey, Pat, look what I did. Look what I did. And these are your children. They're on your, you're a, you're a director, you're a, on the board of directors, at this company. And one of your little children comes up and goes, Uncle Pat, Uncle Pat, look what I just won. This is going to change my six months, my next three months. And then you take it and send it out to your tens of thousands of followers into the universe and let everyone see what your little son on the site just did. Do you know how happy that makes that fucking kid to know that other people are now seeing his crowning moment that was going to get lost in a sea of nine followers that now has been sent out by the czar, Pat Mayo, to the whole universe of 40,000. You just made that kid's week by clicking retweet. And what, you're not going to do it because you don't want to piss off fucking some fucking nerd at a company that's failing? Fuck that kid. And, like, it, you could sell picks all you want, but I think, like, part of Guru Elite, part of my brand, too, part of your brand is you're selling community. That's, it, that's everything. And Pete, that's, that, that's, that's what that's we do part, better like, than anyone. I, I will say, I probably shouldn't bring up a competitor, but Daily Roto does a good job of that as well. Because I, I love yeah, dude, Roto Grinders did a good job with it. You know, like there's a bunch of companies that do a good job. But with like that, the, those are the successful ones that stay around. You create a community around this stuff, and like I mean, I haven't been on your guys' chat rooms or your guys' like Slack threads, but I bet you they're awesome. They're probably full of people they're being crazy. pissed off all the time. But oh, they're fucking awesome. They're, I love them. Jeff Manzi drives them nuts, but I love them. They're fucking. They're, picture. On college basketball March Madness, picture 500 mini Tommy G's in a chat room. 
Like, it's fucking mini-me central. All caps, fucking button mashing on the keyboard, celebrating, gambling beyond our means. It's, it's pretty intense. But, but Guru Elite's not for everyone out there in the DFS space, no. I wouldn't imagine. No, we don't want it to be. Exactly. So you, you, know? you sell a, a product tailored towards a certain type of person, and they love it. And that's a part of their community. Other sites do different stuff. I do different stuff with, like, my Twitter feed. But, yeah, it's about embracing everyone. And giving people accolades when they deserve it. Like, that, that's the whole Cuss thing. You can give Cuss credit when he's right, but he demands credit for everything. Right. And then you got you to fucking beat the shit out of him a lot. Um, let, let's do this. Let's answer some of his Twitter questions here. So I have one other. Let's go to this first, actually. The, uh, the in nerd culture we were just kind of talking about here. So me and you had a little discussion about the internet in general, right? And I'm a little fucking get off my lawn with a lot of this internet stuff where I feel like it was a better time pre-internet you're a person who maximizes the efficiency of the internet and absolutely even admitted this is the best time to be alive right yeah so talk to me a little bit because we've had this conversation prior a little bit about kind of what you think jobs are going to like what jobs are going to like disappear what jobs do you think are going to be gone and then what is the positive of the internet that's done like what jobs have been created so some jobs that have just gone by the wayside anyway remember travel agencies yeah Yeah. they don't exist anymore (laughs) well they do but i don't know who they're for no, yeah. Like 70-year-old woman sitting there with three clients like in Better Call Saul. Yeah, when I went on my honeymoon, I, uh, I booked a flight from Toronto to Iceland to Denmark to Germany to Austria, train to Austria, a flight back to Berlin, a flight to Paris, a flight to Morocco, to Portugal, back to Toronto. And I did that on my own, and I, I priced everything out, and I went into one of these travel agencies. I was like, here's the prices I got for each of these flights. Can you beat that? They were like, yeah, we're not for you, sir. You, you've, you've figured yeah, no. this out. So, <laughs> You're too young. You know how to use the interwebs. And that's the thing. The more the old people you know, die out and everyone is just familiar with how to use these different sites, they're not afraid to buy things on the internet, is that jobs like that will go away. And I think the biggest one is going to be car dealerships and real estate agents. Mm-hmm. There's no need for those fucking people. Nope, none. They're just rake. They are pure rake. Yep. I, I agree 100%. I think... Any form of agent or broker, obviously being a Wall Street guy, like stockbrokers and traders, you know, like you used to have to put your orders in through a stockbroker. Like think how antiquated that is where now you could push a button. You used to have to call someone and pay them a commission 10 times what you're paying now to do it for a less efficient order. Any any middleman is gone. The only people that will exist in that business are the very best who make you money by using them, that they can both make you money like a real estate agent who I can go to and be like, yeah, I will get you an extra 15% on your house if you come with me. So it's, it's worth the 6% to go pay him. But other than that, like, why wouldn't I just sell it myself? I can and pay a lawyer. Be- the only person that you need is the fucking closing lawyer who right. don't get paid all that much compared to the real estate agent. Like our real estate agent, when we bought our place, we found the place online ourselves. You did it all, right. And then you picked it and they just pointed it out to you. Yeah. And the real estate agents are dead. That's totally dead. What about malls in general? I mean, obviously, we know the retail sector is going to get fucking demolished, right? We're already seeing it with Amazon, right? But do you, let's fast forward like 40 years from now, like maybe even 50, 60 years from now. When we're on our deathbed, well, I'll probably be on my deathbed in a couple of weeks, but you will be on your deathbed when you're 140 probably. But malls and cars, these are two things I'm wondering. What is your take on malls and cars in the future? Cars are just going to drive themselves, but... Self-driving cars can't be a thing until everyone has a self-driving car because they will not have – it's almost like analytics in a way. When you run these models, there are certain variables that you – know, they're just variables. You can't quantify them in. So like any sort of like good algorithm, something you can't quantify, it will kick it out of that algorithm because 
you're just guessing at that point. It's a variable. So if you put people who are morons driving cars on the road with self-driving cars, which know exactly what to do, follow the speed limit, follow the yeah, light, exactly. stop at stop signs, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So everyone would need to have one. So the cars will still be around for a while. Malls, I could see actually just turning into pickup points for all the online businesses. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, who's <laughs> going to go to a mall 40 years from now? Like, well, where, why, why, why would you go to a mall now? Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, who goes to malls now, especially with, with Amazon and places like that giving free shipping and packages in a day or two? Like, malls are done in general. I ordered some. Uh, I bought a car, and my uh, I was dealing with a lot of frayed like uh, Apple wires, mm-hmm. like cell phone chargers. So I bought a five pack on Amazon at nine fifteen in the morning one day. I had to work at, at three, so I was like, "Oh, that'll come tomorrow." It showed up at noon. Right, crazy, hours. right? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> like I, I was like the last, like the the fucking lone little Indian on Amazon. Like, I just started Amazon Prime, like, in 2018, Pat. <laughs> like, and I was just like, holy shit, this shit get, they have everything on here, and it gets here in, like, fucking 12 hours. Uh, fucking unbelievable. Here's another one I'll say. Sporting events. What is going to happen to the sporting industry? Because my philosophy right now, live sporting events are going to be less attended and less attended and less attended as we go forward because of the internet because of the fantasy culture, no one wants to go to a football game when you could watch it. The younger generation doesn't want to go because you want to watch Red Zone. Gambling on these games is becoming legal now, so you want to watch more games than just the one you're going to. Video games, uh, this, this weaker generation which likes to stay in and likes to stay inside. What happens if people stop attending these games? Because you go to a football game right now, it's mostly people our age and older. There's not many 23-year-olds who are like, let's go to a football game on Sunday. I think you're going to see more and more stadiums. I know that it's not the stadium that they built, but that stadium that the Chargers play in that no one goes to, that small, like, 30,000-seat stadium, I think that's the future of football stadiums. Mm -hmm. But all will have to be indoors. All will have to have a screen in the back of the seat in front of you. Complete Wi-Fi that, you know, whenever you go to a stadium, the Wi-Fi sucks. That oh, they're going to need to rectify that problem and make it that like, hey, there's there's a special reason you come to the game. There's a different type of wagering you can do if you're actually at the game, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But you can still track everything else that's going on. That's the biggest thing. If they can make the user experience or the the customer experience there, it's funny. Me and me and Lab went to the uh, the Derek Lewis uh, Daniel Cormier fight. Um, DraftKings actually got us the suite, which was awesome. So thanks to them. Um, but we were saying we were in the suite, and it was like, it was fun. Until I went to the lady and grabbed the remote and turned the sound on the TVs. And our whole experience changed with the sound on the TVs in the suite compared to sitting there just in an arena. You need to have that kind of interactive feel when you go to games nowadays. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, like I remember I went to uh, a boot camp, uh, one of Al's old boot camps to speak at that a few years ago. That's actually remember mm-hmm. where I met Rusty. And we yeah. went to a Kings game at the Staples Center that night out in L.A., and, like, me and, like, two other guys were watching, like, two basketball games on the TV in the suite because we didn't give a shit about the hockey. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, what if the game sucks, dude, for a football game especially? The ball is in play for, what, 11 minutes of the three there hours? There is zero reason to ever go to a football game. Why would you go to the tailgate? Like, I go to tailgates and leave. How are the uh, the Giants or Jets tailgates? Because the only tailgate I've ever been to is Bill's tailgate, which is just fucking insane. <laughs> I'm sure that's awesome. But uh, the Giants and Jets tailgates are fun, but like you wait till the right game where they have like the big Tau tailgate party, which is what me and Mad Lab do. We'll wait till the, it's like two games a year where they do the $100 to get in. They got the DJ, they got all the fucking hot chicks, and it's a Tau. They got fucking great food. And it's a three and a half hour party outside, right? In that one little area of the parking lot. 
And then we leave and don't even go into the stadium for the game. That's, I go back to the bar and go watch football. Football is a better experience. There's few things like golf is a better experience on TV. Football is mm. made for TV. So obviously yeah. it is a better experience on TV. But like hockey is one. I'm not sure about MMA. But I bet you like going to fights is a lot of fun. Like going to watch hockey is super fun. Actually, I love going to basketball games. Like Raptors games are the only games that I go to in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, what about baseball is the one that tears people I, I can't on. do it. It's too fucking long. See, I love it. I love live baseball games because it's like the only time in my life where my life slows down. I stop well, drinking during the day because it makes me sleepy and I'll just go to bed at like seven. <laughs> that if I was going to get wasted at a Jays game, I would go. But just to sit there and like watch a baseball game, it's like, oh, God, kill me now. So what if, what about uh, the creation? Like you talked about how you want to be alive in this generation because of the Internet. What are some of the benefits of this right now? It's the efficiency. It's the ability to, like, think about things like, I don't know, like, if you, like, I like working from home. I don't exclusively get to work from home. I have in the past, but, like, it's very, it's great. Like, I I just bought a car, uh, and that's mainly because of my wife. But I haven't had a car for, like, nine years because Uber fucking rules. I use Uber three times a day. I just sold my car. Um, Everyone knows the the jag that I had in the picture (laughs) from the post. But... I just sold it a couple months ago. I haven't even gotten a new one yet. Like, I know what I want. I know I'm going to get a range probably or something. But I'm sitting here going, fucking, when I go out drinking, I Uber every time. And I fucking, I'm home all day. Like, once football season ends, I'll get more active. But during football season, I don't leave my fucking house. There'll be times where I don't, like, walk out my front door for four days. So I, that's why I think cars in general are going to start disappearing because everyone's staying inside. So but I'll I, dovetail off that when you get a second go. Oh, but, but I, I go to the office every day. And I'm such a good Uber customer. They give me $6 off every ride mm-hmm. <laughs> just to keep my business and not go to Lyft. So I, I have this car now, which is kind of a burden. It's just a money pit. Like, uh, but it, right. it makes my wife happy, so we're good. <laughs> and that's uh, the thing. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting because I don't know if I want to get it. I think I want to get a truck. But it's like if I do decide I want to get, like, another Jag or, you know, I won't be bougie with some of the other thing I'm talking about. I, I but, would buy, honestly, but, if it was just me and I had to get a car, I would buy the smallest car possible. Yeah, see, that's not me. I'm fucking too. I'm too. I'm too fucking egocentric. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I don't have a small car. I actually have like, right. a crossover SUV, which right. reasons for that. But um, right. if it was just me, single me, dry, and I had to have a car, oh, I'd buy some sort of like. I mean, I, I drove those. I drove a Fiat one time. It's like having a go kart, <laughs> but you can park it anywhere. Like parking sucks if you live in a big city. Oh yeah, but you can sucks, park those yeah. things anywhere. But like Uber from my front door. To the front door of my office after my discount costs like four seventy five. I I can't understand how ever and any professional athlete has ever gotten a DWI. It's the most yeah. pathetic thing I've ever heard. Considering like, that me and you don't even drive to go drink. If I drove to my office in my car, I would pay more in parking to park there than it would cost me to Uber back and forth. I it's same same for me. Same exact thing. I I have one statement on this before we leave it. Um, if you were broke in nineteen ninety nine ninety nine, I get it. Right. Like, I totally understand. But the funny thing about today is if you're broke in 2018, like I'm talking broke, like where you're like, fuck it. But like you suck at life. And, and this is because of what you just said. The only thing that's good about this culture today is that everyone can get rich and everyone has, you know how they say everyone has one great book in them. You know, everyone has one skill set in them that they can monetize to the point where they could literally work from home, never have to go to an office again if they wanted to live that life. And make a good living or at least a good enough living. So 
the, I just really, when I see these people who are like, I got no money. It's like drive for Uber. You could literally drive for Uber if you're unemployed. You literally just put in your fucking recommendation and boom, you're, you're working. You go drive people all over the place. But before we get out of here, let's oh, do no, one or two. Oh, but even to piggyback on that, you're not, rich enough, okay. you're not rich enough to buy a car. You can do Uber Eats on a bike. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, you do it Postmates, right? Like that, that's not a thing by me. But like there's a million fucking jobs out there. How are you unemployed? But the big thing is is that people aren't as entrepreneurial as you nope. think they might be. They're not as self-motivating. I mean, when you talk about bullying earlier, the only reason I ever get anything done is because I just bully myself into doing things. <laughs> so true. Just, the, the, funny, the funniest thing is people think we've become successful or whatever level they want to think we're successful. Maybe some people think we suck at life. But they think it's because we have a skill set or because we got a little luckier, because we know something they don't know. No. We just wanted it more than you did. That's it. And that's why 99% of people in this industry will be super sharp and they will go start a company and they will fail and end up going back to where they started. It's going to happen to everyone except those people who just never are content and just refuse to lose. And me and you are obsessed. We're obsessed with our jobs to the point where it affects our personal lives. Yeah. I, and that's I, I how you have take, to be. I, I don't take days off. Yeah. Like, I can't take a vacation because like, I just refuse to be detached. Well, and I've always and that's the thing. Everyone's lazy. I have such a fear of someone replacing me, even though I run my own company mm-hmm. now that no one technically could replace me at my company. <laughs> but yeah, like when know. I worked at Fantasy, <laughs> I didn't want to take a fucking day off because what if I go and the next guy who steps in is better than me? I don't think that he is, but I don't want to give him that chance. The best thing that's ever happened to me is being the best at my job at Rotor Grinders, at Sirius, at my old sales jobs, at all these places, and then finding out that oh, I was too much for them to handle. So I have that like chip on my shoulder. Like, you know what? Nothing is safe. Like, I got to keep grinding and keep winning because everyone's coming after me. But, Let's do a couple Twitter questions here after you're done. Go yeah, finish your but the, the hard work thing is step one. And the luck thing is a huge factor too. Like, just You got to get a little lucky. You have to be lucky. If you're not lucky, nothing's ever going to work out for you. But if you do have an opportunity to be lucky, you better fucking cash in on it because it doesn't That's come by thing. often. That's the thing. You have to strike when the iron's hot, and your timing is everything in, in business, for and sure. also, just a good mantra to live by, don't be a fucking coward. That's really what it, I mean. Everyone's so afraid to fucking fail. Take a risk. Be wrong. So- Fail. Be wrong. I have a friend, lives at home, 34 fucking years old. Sharp dude. Handsome dude. Tons of energy. Hardworking. So afraid to fail, he never got on with the rest of his fucking life. I had that same 90% fear, too. 90% of Twitter. That... It, it took me moving away, like, even all the way through college. Like, I was an awesome student. I got a scholarship to go to university. Not based on athletics, based on smarts. Lost it in a year. Shattered my confidence. Got super fat. Got rattled. And I was so afraid that I was going to fail at everything that I did. And I wasn't trying hard. That was the problem. Yep. I put no effort into anything because everything always came so easy that when stuff didn't come so easy, I had no fucking clue what to do. But once I detached myself, moved out of the city where I was from, and shout out to my buddy who let me stay at his place, you know, 4,000 miles away, just to get out, establish anew, and don't be afraid to fail. Once you're not afraid to fail, and it takes failure to realize that you're not afraid to fail, but once you do it, you realize it's no fucking big deal. That's the problem, man. The problem is you have to fail so many times before you get numb to failing, right? Like, it's like like getting a, I don't know, it's, it's like anything else. Like, the more you do it, the more you acquired a taste to it. Like the first time you ever tasted beer, it tasted like dog shit, right? And then you kept sipping it and kept sipping it and kept sipping it. And after a while, you actually maybe even enjoy the taste of beer like we do now. So it's the same thing with failure. Like you need to keep putting yourself in positions to fail and you need to keep failing to see that, all right, that's not that bad. 
This isn't the end of the fucking world. And that's the problem with all these kids on Twitter. They're never going to taste success. They're always going to look at other people and go, how the fuck did he get that? How the fuck did he get that? I'm smarter than him. I'm a better announcer than Collinsworth. I'm better at DFS than Tommy G. I know more about golf than Pat Mayo. But guess what? You suck at failing. That's really what it is. You suck at failing. You're afraid. You're too much of a pussy. Success and money goes to the fearless, not the smartest. There are, there are so many stupid millionaires on the planet. Most of them. <laughs> like a but fucking, they're, they're not afraid. They, like they just a bar stool. Like, <laughs> like, 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 in my circle of friends uh, that I grew up with, uh, there's one guy who is uber successful. He's been running businesses since we were in high school. He started a landscaping business. And now you know, he became, did a whole bunch of different things. And the guy makes fucking bank. Uh, now that he's in his 30s and he's been doing it for quite some time. Never graduated from college. Not he, He's a sharp guy, but I wouldn't say that he's the world's smartest guy. He's not stupid by any means, but like he's not in the, the, the like Andrew Cust is the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Like it's not even close. Really? The guy just soaks in information. He knows everything about everything except for sports, which is kind of funny. He knows a ton about sports, just has horrible opinions on it, but he's so sharp, remembers everything. This other guy is just more of a, emotionally sharp guy good at sales understands how businesses are built and is good at keeping the books in order and he's good at selling and that's what he does and he makes back that's it dude fine dude you only need to be good at one thing you don't need to be good at everything that's the problem uh here's a little tweet from sun Tzu over here um who I actually hung out with at the mma event good kid um is pme truly the illegitimate son of the actor who played dennis the menace and a random cocktail waitress who served drinks at the canadian golf course hmm I, I went up and looked up the picture of Dennis the Menace. He looks more Aryan than I do. Like, I don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. I don't think you look like Dennis the Menace. I no, don't think I you look like Dennis the Menace. And then the other part is, was he dropped off at the orphanage wrapped in irregular tailor-made golf shirt? I mean, yeah, I could see that. That could definitely I be could me. see that. Although, I, I wear a lot of form-fitting stuff. So, maybe it's not irregularly made. Maybe I just have an irregular body. <laughs> <laughs> Project Pat would like to know how to play DFS in restricted states. Well, Project Pat, um, I do not. Condo- first, I'd like I do to- not condone this action. <laughs> first, I would like to tell you how to properly embezzle money, and then I will explain to you how to hack into the government system. Before, like, we obviously, like, dude, come on. Like, the thing that amazes me, Pat. Okay, and and you stay quiet here. Oh, I actually have Are a story ways- on this, so you you, you can say. There's ways what you want. to get around everything in this world, correct? Yeah. So everything there's these fucking kids are so like people come to me online, Tom, that going, Tommy, gambling's not legal in my state. How do I gamble? And I'm like, the same way you do cocaine, you dumb fuck. Like, go fucking find it. Like, there's a you're not allowed to drive 65 on the highway either. Do you just sit there at 54 going motherfucker or do you just go the extra mile? Like, there's ways to do and get around everything in the world. Just go fucking do it. Stop. Fuck. Go find a bookie. Go to a bar. Raise your hand and say, "I have a hundred dollars. Can I bet with anyone?" And you'll have a bookie in fifteen minutes. Like it's. I actually had a friend. DraftKings GeoBlock is pretty top notch for this stuff because he. Oh, there's is yeah. He he tried to play from China. (laughs) 
uh, and just was. They snapped me on an airplane. What's that? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he, and he's good. I was on an airplane in my own state on my phone, and they were like, you just logged him. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, fuck. So he tried to do it, like, and the Chinese government is pretty uh, restrictive in terms of internet. Let's uh, put it that way. So he's been over there for ages, so he knows the way to get around, like, the Chinese government to access the real internet. But, like, couldn't get onto DraftKings. Impossible. It's it's really tight on DraftKings. Good, it but, should be. But that, I mean, that gives guess me what you do? Confidence in DraftKings, like right. But remember all these other sites where you, you didn't know if you're going to lose your money on it or not. Like I have no problem. Like that's the best part about DraftKings in this space is that if you put your money in DraftKings, you're getting your money back if you win. Drive to another state. Yeah, go go play. Like where if it's you legal. want it that bad, go drive to a state where it's legal. Yeah. Like you know, a lot of people do that. Move to Red Bank, Just New Jersey. Hang everything. out with Bon Jovi. Yeah, if you want it that bad, move. That's it. How bad do you want it? That's the question for oh, everything. I'll ask you that question, though, because I threw this out to, to Maddox when I was on with him. Shout out, Davis. Uh, but two, two completely. Shout out to Davis Maddox. Yeah, I love Davis. Davis is my guy. <laughs> no, I'm saying Maddox ends any, every sentence with a question mark. I, 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 I think kid, he does but... that on purpose now. I don't think so. I think he's just stuck. I think he's in a vortex. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I think that everyone should be legally required to move the moment they graduate from high school. Yes, amen. Just go, go get some fucking think, life. It, it, and it took me forever to do it, and when I did, my life changed. Oh, uh, me too. I, there's a couple things. First of all, everyone should be required to be a waiter for at least six months of their life or bartender. They should have to work in a service industry and understand that you don't treat service people like shit because 90% of the stuff you're mad at them for is not their fucking fault. People should be forced to take two years of traveling before they even consider attending college. We attend college too young. At 18, you have no fucking clue what you want to be in your life, and 70% of people are majoring in shit that they're never going to even work in that field and walking out with debt. Travel the world for two years, figure out what the fuck you want to do. And three, we should put a ban on marriage under the age of 27. No one should be allowed to get married, really under 30, but 27 just because of the girl's fetal process. Those are three Tommy G. I'm big on that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to do this, but since I'm above the age, all these Scandinavian countries, South Korea is the same way too. Uh, the moment you graduate from like high school, you have to spend a year in the army. Now, being in America, you might actually have to go somewhere, so that would be shitty. But being like the Canadian army wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> You're pretty safe in that. Uh, <laughs> Canadian army? Does Canada even have an army? Oh yeah, right. we actually go like I just we just are a we, bunch of dudes. Like yeah, we're no, good. We're the good. Canadian we're army no actually gets dispatched to a lot of the same stuff that the U.S. is because we're all in NATO. But like. And, like, when you guys went to Afghanistan, we went and backed you up, that kind of thing. We're, we're kind of like the, an, yeah, an extra— way behind us. We're, we're an extra regiment <laughs> to go throw in. But, like, imagine being in, like, the Norwegian army. What the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're learning how to, like, ski. You just—it's it's extended education. You get paid for it, and it gives you that year to kind of, like, be an adult before you have to go do anything. But, like, all—, and also, all like, where, like, did you go to college, like, near where you grew up? Uh, a few hours okay, away. Okay, see, a few hours away but, is yeah. good. I, but I wanted to go further. I just needed to get at least an earshot. I away. went in my hometown. Like, I'm from a university city, so there's, like, seven colleges, all pretty good colleges, too, where right. I'm from. So I lived at home for the first two years, like, drove into school every day. It, uh, it, yeah, like, it just never, ever do that, ever. Yeah, no, never. You should go at least two hours away. You need to be – but, I mean, I would have gone cross-country if, if I'd known. But everyone on either coast should have to go to the other coast for at least a year. Because people in California are fucking insane and just fucking retarded. And people on the East Coast are fucking insane and retarded. So, like, people, everyone needs to go. People from the East need to go West and calm down a little bit. And people from the West need to go East and toughen up a little bit. And then everyone meets in the middle, the middle of the country, like Denver, where everyone's fucking normal and cool. But, uh, 
All right, Pat, any, anything else you wanted to cover here? Any final words before we get the fuck I out do, of here? I do, because people gave me heat for this the other day. Actually, one person gave me heat, and he just sounded like the world's fucking mm-hmm. most annoying person, a person that I would hate in real life. That uh, <laughs> I, I, When I clicked on Uber, like, you know when you click on Uber, it gives you a little description about the Uber driver? Yeah. That there's nothing worse that you can see than driver is known for his great conversation. It's like the last oh, thing. Oh, no. And like, it's funny because my wife, when she left to go to work this morning, uh, she she opened it up and she just goes, oh, no. And that's exactly oh, no. what it said. It's not that I don't want to talk to Uber drivers. If someone wants to have like a real conversation, I'm down to have a good conversation with them. But have you ever had a good conversation with an Uber driver? All you ever fucking hear about is how Uber's not their real job. Here's what they're actually doing. And it's a complete fucking lie. Exactly. And they're either telling you they're trying to plead a case in 17 minutes or less, whatever it takes to get to your destination on why their tip should be higher because they're struggling or they're trying to find out what you do to see if they can network through you. It's like, dude, if I start the conversation, let's rock. But if I don't fucking speak to you, don't speak to me. Let me be the initiator in an Uber. I agree. Do you, do you ever sit in the front seat of an Uber? No. Isn't that like that's like serial killer shit. That's and my friend, the, I have friends that do it. said to me. He was like, I sit in the front seat. I love You're learning about killer. people, like where they come from. It's like, that sounds crazy. You're a serial killer if you sit in the front seat of an Uber. Uh, the in same Montreal, people that get one flavor Slurpee. When I was in Montreal, I had to because it was a requirement because the mob owns all the cab companies so they were in Montreal. So you themselves. had to make it look like you weren't in an Uber. <laughs> that makes sense. I did that at uh, the airport when they had a band at the airport for a while. You know, we used to get in the front seat. So it just looked like your brother, your cousin, you know, my... my my uh, Indian brother picking me up from the airport. But, uh, but yeah, Any, anything else there, Patrick? Yeah, so that should be a button on Uber. So, hey, I don't want to talk to the driver. I just want to listen to my podcast, do oh, work in the back seat. That's brilliant. Uh, that's also, brilliant. just a button, just like a do not disturb button. Yeah, also, I want one where uh, please don't wear cologne in the fucking car. Like, you don't need cologne. No one should ever wear cologne. Just take a fucking shower. <laughs> You'll smell fine. There's Ubers that I've been in where I wish they were wearing cologne. No, see, I, I, I will take bad BO over too much cologne or, like, way too much air freshener any day. Like, that stuff is horrible. <laughs> Actually, with the cologne, even the window doesn't help. It just fucking lingers. It's like there. It's, it's, it's embedded right? the BO, in the you can fucking, fucking fabric. kind of takes care of it. Yeah. I kind of agree with you on that. Anyway, that's enough of me. <laughs> that's enough of me we could go for another eight hours um all right so guys make sure you check out pat pat mayo at the pme on twitter instagram and facebook again make sure you subscribe download write reviews you guys don't write i remember we first launched this podcast i had like fucking 300 reviews or this many reviews in like a week and then everyone slows down give us some reviews even if you think it fucking sucks just say something just let us know But make sure you download and subscribe. The subscription is the biggest for you and for us because it notifies you when the pod drops and automatically downloads. Uh, Make sure to check out Pat's Twitter for all his YouTube and audio stuff that he's doing. Uh, And check him out over at DraftKings. But more importantly, check him out at FantasyNational.com. You guys heard us talk about it a lot. Great site. Proud of what Pat's doing over there. Doing a great job. And uh, any final words for you, Mr. Mayo? Yeah, shout out my guy Moose uh, over at the site. He's been uh, the, the creator behind it. DK Playbook. Just play on DraftKings. Go spend your money on DraftKings. That's, that's my advice. And to you, if you want I more reviews, it. tell people like you're doing a draw for some prize, and then they'll go leave reviews. I see. I, I'm, I'm there. I, the, the reviews have been amazing. Like, I, that's the one thing I'm the most shocked at, like how good. So I almost don't want any reviews. Just no, to leave, like, the thing is that that's how, like, initially how the iTunes rankings works. Like, when you're a new podcast, you go, like, right to the top. Because you have all these really? like new subscribers. And the longer that you're on, 
like I do a ton of downloads, but I'm not ranked highly. I don't do like, like footballers does the best. I think uh, mm-hmm. ESPN, like the Barry podcast, the NFL.com podcast and fantasy right. footballers in our space do the best in terms of overall downloads. I don't think I'm that I'm far behind those guys, but among everyone else, I think I'm ahead of them or right around the same way. I know JJ's podcast does really well, but like it's always further down the rankings. Cause it's like, I've had my podcast for seven and a half years right. that if you don't, grow and grow and grow year after year at a really high rate you can't match all the new podcasts you'll always drop down the only way to really combat that is get new subscribers or really get a bunch of new reviews on the go so like twice a year i'll just pimp reviews being like yeah getting a drop for 20 dk bucks uh or a giveaway from the show if you go leave a review it helps immensely Ah, all right i'm gonna have to start whoring out a little bit patty you're gonna teach me this when we get well that's the thing people can hire mayo media inc for your digital consulting needs oh god you're so good at this see this is why he's successful and you're not do you need to know how to rig seo do you have a video (laughs) show and don't know how to use a light hire pat mayo do you want to scapegoat the DraftKings gerrymander? <laughs> That'll help you. For Pat Mayo, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Oh.